welcome back to another exciting episode of Loss of Lieutenant. I'm your host, Kevin, and on tonight's show, I'm joined by a fellow host, Nick. Good evening, Nick. Evening, Kev. How are you? Good. Just the two of us tonight. That's it. So uh, this will no. be a quick episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice, intimate conversation. Don't need to talk about super specific examples of what happens when you've got a... If, what if I've got a, a marauder with, a, with, with such and such? <laughs> or or the, the perfect way to take a poo. Um, no, we don't have to do that. So uh, on tonight's show, uh, it's, a, it's um, just under three weeks until Burn City Brawl, Melbourne's premier two-day Xfinity extravaganza. I wrote that, I wrote that in, so I said it. Uh, so we figured it would be a good time to go through the mission lineup for the event and talk about the finer details of each mission. That's right. So we, it was funny. We um, were sort of brainstorming in our Infinity in our, in our, um, podcast group chat about what we're going to talk about. And so I was like, why don't we just do the episode about the um, the missions for coming up coming up for BCB? This is like late last week. And then all of a sudden, CB decides to drop um, a video from LVO for us to talk about, as well as um, a absolute shit fight of a FAQ. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So we've so we're not gonna. I don't think we'll have enough time to cover all five um, missions for, for BCB, but we'll we'll get started and see how we go. We'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah. We do have a little bit to get through as well. As I was also reminded, it is the first of of a new month, so we also have to do the January challenge. I was like, oops, <laughs> I forgot. Uh, it's been a little bit hectic uh, this January, so apologies to everyone out there. But um, first of all, we'll, we'll do what we normally do. So uh, Nick, have you got any hobby or, or gaming announcements to... I, I have not done any gaming or hobby at for the whole month of January, right? Not by choice. It just happened to not line up that I was able to get things organized. It's like an um, Andy challenge for you. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but I do have some uh, with BCB coming up in like three weeks' time. I want to get, hopefully, I want to get four games in before then. Um, so I'll be going to um, Axe and Axe and, Axe and Ales on Wednesday. Um, I've got a game lined up tomorrow night already, which is great. Um, who's, who's that with? Uh, that's with uh, Hendrick. Oh, nice. Lovely. Um, yeah. Who I haven't played. I, I played Hendrick in like one of the very first tournaments I ever attended, like back in 2017 or something. And I don't think I've played him since. So um, it'll be good to uh, to play someone who I haven't played in a little while, experience some some new things other than whatever Julian's flavor of the month is, because I've played him a few times lately. Mm. Um, and, but yeah, I want to get a few more games in, um, like Axes and Ales, and then maybe something on the weekend as well if I can squeeze it in. So. Go. Yeah, with only three weeks left, there's there's definitely a little bit of a urge, sense of urgency among some players to get some reps in, um, mm. especially because we have um, quite a lot of new players joining the event who probably have only played like less than half a dozen games of Infinity in their lifetime. So we, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah, you, a lot you, of games going on. You were at a and like a newish player ba- uh, focused event on the weekend. <laughs> Yes, I was. Yeah, so Val, uh, our local Val, who who's moved down close to Geelong, ran a newbie-friendly event. He wants us to call it an event, not a tournament, because he didn't want to put people off. Um, fair enough. And it was a three-round event. Uh, the missions were decapitation, supremacy, and supplies. Uh, but what was interesting about it is it was also an escalation event. So it was um, 200, 250, and then 300 points. So you had to take um, build three individual lists with the um, you know at those different points levels. 
and full uh, and four rules. There was no full, yeah, no 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 code one. Um, I think he's been doing a bit of code one with some of the guys and uh, down there, and they've all said let's just you know get into N four. Uh, so he's kind of breaking them in gently, and I think escalation is quite a interesting way of doing it. And it was also interesting for for veterans like myself and Julian who came down who haven't really played much two hundred points. So you know building building a two hundred point list when you're used to three hundred points is uh, it's quite an interesting list building experiment because you're very unlikely you're going to get to 15 orders mm. so then you're trying to figure out like well how many orders do i need and also how many pieces do i need but you still need to get to try and get to at least 10 orders right and 200 points when you're used to these like you know uh, running you know this particular hmg you're actually going well what's the slightly cheaper hmg that's not like just a gulam and you're trying to find that individual uh, in between uh, part of it so it's quite it's quite uh, it was a really good day um, so we played that on what was it Sunday? Yeah, we had twelve players, which was awesome. That's great. Yeah, it was really really good. Uh, and six of them were what we would call brand new players. So we're we're talking probably what maybe less than half, probably maybe half a dozen games uh, between all of them. You know, have never played in a tournament before. As Event, event, event. event. have never played in a, in a, a, a three days in one three three games, three games in one day. Yeah, so that was really cool. So we got to see a whole bunch of new faces. Um, uh, you know, we got to go, got to go drive down to drive down to the bright lights of Geelong, which was which was nice. And yeah, roll some dice in the very friendly throw the dice uh, gaming store. I've I've heard nothing but good things about that store. Right? Yeah. I, I follow them on Facebook now, and like the guy who runs the place seems really friendly and really interacts with. Um, with all of the, the the their followers and everything, so uh, I, hopefully I'll make it down there someday. Yeah, Richard is a really really super nice guy. Uh, he's very enthusiastic and wants to play a whole bunch of different games and introduce a whole bunch of different games. So Infinity is probably one of the biggest games that he's got playing at the store. So he's he's always keen to have um, tables and, and people come down there for their weekly games. And then when you've got people like Val who are you know promoting new players and being very friendly. Um, it, I think it creates a really good community down there. So, and they've also got some really good like gun players as well, like um, like Dan and 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 uh, and Chris and those guys are like excellent players. Um, but yeah, no, the, the shout out to Val for running a great day. Um, we had, oh, we had um, uh, Val did this like special thing where he ran a whole bunch of if extra like tacked on little event like not events what's the word like achievements. On, oh, cool. uh, every mission so the first mission was decapitation and it was if you managed to kill both of the designated targets on the first turn you went into a raffle to win i think usha mcneil and then in supremacy if you pushed a button on the other on your opponent's side of the table then you all then you went into a raffle to win like like something else i can't remember what it was and then the third one was like supplies was if you um Oh, what was it? You picked up a box and put it, got it to your deployment zone. Then you won another miniature. So there was like these kind of fun little, um, what's the word? Yeah, like fun little achievements going along with it. So it, it made it way more fun. Um, I saw you had the bear pod. <laughs> yes. Up with uh, in like he had a Nerf gun and like in the Nerf colors for his uh, for his weapons and stuff. Yeah, that was so cute. So I guess along with the along going along with the event and it being a friendly event, he made the 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 Care Bear which was like the Nerf 
the Nerf <laughs> Bear. So like, you know, even though there's like me and Julian and Ben who came down who were all veteran players, he was like, guys, it's a new player event. Like, let's not let's not club baby seals. So that he he gave away um a care bear to I think it was this best uh, best sports for the day. And we were joking that Julian would never win that because he brought Van Zant to a two hundred point uh, his first game <laughs> against a brand new player who'd never like had never seen Van Zant before. <laughs> Val was like, hey, well you're out of the running. <laughs> <laughs> um so I mean bearing in mind that Val did tell you to basically take it easy on, on these guys, how did you go? Uh yeah, <laughs> so um I mean I'll, I'll just I'll really quickly go through the three like the three games sort of idea. Um so for first game was 200 points. It was against a new player called Tarj. He was running Tack. Uh really nice guy. Um we um I went first and I said to myself like I'm not going to go hard. And he was running Tack and a whole bunch of camo markers. So I thought okay, good. I'm not going to be able to like really, you know, push his shit in too much. Anyway, I'll have to but I got to the end of my first turn and I think I killed like three of his orders and then he rolled up his first turn and he was putting his um, orders down and he only had like four orders and I was like dude where's the rest of your orders he's like oh I only brought seven orders and I was like oh shit <laughs> I was like just killed half of his army on turn <laughs> one um, I didn't realize it so I sort of said like oh you know uh, as a sort of rule of thumb we try to you know have at least ten orders even if you're playing um, lower point games um, which he took, he took, you know, he took on notice, and he said, "Yeah, that's a good point. I'm used to playing 300 with these particular units, and I just wanted to keep taking them because they were painted." And I said, "That's fair mm. enough. You know, that's absolutely fair enough. You want to take Vasily and tank hunters and a bit Kazakh HMG, that's great and 300 points. But bear in mind, in 200 points, you're just gonna have those units and then have nothing else. So it didn't. It it it, um, it was a fairly uh, decisive victory for Rama. I was running Rama for the event." Um, Fiddler just kind of ran roughshod over his, over his, um, over his army, and the the new Beast Hunter also did did very well for me. So that was um, that was game one. Game two was against David um, David S from Werribee. I think you've probably I played, met him before. I played, yeah, I played David at um, Road to BCB. Road to BCB. So he's running his combined army, and uh, yeah, he's he's a great player. He's he's a solid uh, player, and I always. It always terrifies me playing against his combined army. So we were playing 250 points, and it was... Uh, what did I say? Supremacy. And I won the roll-off, and I said to myself, I'm going to go first, which is like not normally what I would do playing Supremacy, right? You want to be going second. But I said, I'm going to go first because you're playing combined army. I don't know what you're going to have. You might have a, a speculo. You might have like a tag maybe in 250. And I wasn't particularly confident that my Rama list could withstand like an alpha strike so i said okay. I'm, I'm gonna alpha strike him sure uh so my 250 point list had Tariq mansuri in it and oh and the thing i forgot to mention was um and another um element that val added to the event was that he also had no loss of lieutenant as a sort okay. of you know it's a nice extra it it, um, it makes things cruisy and it's good i guess it's good for new players uh, so they can run the the chonky LTs. So I had Trek Mansuri with the plus one order as my LT. I held him back as my reserve model and I placed him on the left flank where all he had guarding it was two Imitrons, an HMG, the what's like the Mac trip thing, a Datarazi and a Taiga. By the end of turn one, all those things were dead. 
and Tariq was in his DZ, which was a mistake because I forgot it was supremacy. <laughs> Tariq should not have been oh, in his DZ. Tariq should have known. He should have just stayed in the zone. Um, and that was kind of. Uh, yeah, killing four of his orders in the first turn was, was not good for David. He fought back well. He had a. He had a, a hidden deploy Malignos that ran into my link team and killed two of the members um, and miraculously, miraculously survived a whole bunch of shooting. But as he was moving in and shooting my link team, the link team members he couldn't see, I just kept um, dodging to get out of my zone and into the... Um, sorry, to get into my zone, basically. Into the scoring zone. Into the scoring zone. Right. So even though he had 33 points plus a target in there, I still had like three members of a link team, or an ex-link team, because they were, had broken the link um, in there. So, in the end, it ended in a win to me. He had a coronted HMG, and on the last <laughs> and on the last turn, I think I had won by this point, but we were like, ah, for lols, I'm going to jump Tariq off the building, and like, just shoot the Corontids on the way down. And he was like, oh, that's be fine, I'll be shooting you like one dice on 17s, and I'll I'll be four dice on 16s because he was out of cover. And I managed to put him into no one in cap and just that single volley. <laughs> and then in his turn, he was like, well, I've got to kill Tariq because otherwise, you know, this just feels like it feels bad. And he comes around the corner and he's like four dice on 14s versus my one dice on a 16. And I I think I crit him. I can't remember what, what happened. But anyway, the Krontas ended up dying on the last um, order, or the last order of the, of the game. So... Um, that was uh, that was that was another victory for me, um, but a really fun game um, against David and I, I like playing against his combined. It's always good. And then the third game was the showdown match between Loss of Lieutenant because Julian was also there. So I lined up against Julian. <laughs> okay, so we got Kev- Kevin to Julian rocking into a uh, a, a newbie yeah. event, yeah. <laughs> kicking teeth in, and then. Showing down against each other on top table round three. Okay. Yeah, top table <laughs> round three newbie event. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was it. This was the big one. Um, and you know, Julian in, in, in his typical fashion. You know, well, not not typical fashion. I'm not, I'm, I'm not say that, but you know, he he was running US Ariadna because he loves to show everybody that you know, not show everybody, but like I don't know what he likes to prove himself wrong. I guess. You know, he, he yeah, like I, I don't I don't get it. Like he's he's been so down. I think he's more down on just vanilla Ariadna, maybe, or maybe he likes vanilla. I don't I don't know. I can never sort of really get a straight answer out of what his actual opinions are. But whatever they are, he always seems to then run the sectorial that he had just totally trashed. So he's been doing really well with French lately, and now he's decided to jump into uh, to US uh, yeah. Ariadna. Um, and he's going to take them to BCB. Is that he true? is? Yeah, he's currently painting them up now. He, I think, he just likes to cover all of his bases. Like he likes to like talk shit about something, but also at the same time big it up so he can he can never be wrong. He's basically Trump. Um, you know, he just like I never said this. I said this, but you did also say this. Yes, but I did say you just can't kind of win with him. You know, you try and catch him out on something he said, but he'll be like. Uh, but I did also say this. I'm like, yeah, but we're not talking about that thing you said. We're talking about the thing that you said, which was definitely wrong. <laughs> and they like, anyway, French. So, <laughs> so yeah, we went into that game, and um, yeah, it was it was a really good game. It was a really um, close, tense uh, game. Um, he was running US Ariadna, like I said, and I was running my Rama, 
And on his first turn, he he had a Marauder core with um, the Unknown Ranger. Ran down my flank, um, killed Yara, killed Fanus, I think killed another member of the Link team. And I was sort of like, ooh, I'm in trouble here. Like, he'd spent a lot of orders to do it because he needed to, like, move and shoot things and kind of stay out of the way of, like, missile launchers and things like that. But he came around the corner to shoot my missile launcher inside of six, inside of 16. Well, inside of 24. And um, I'd already lost two members of the link. So I was down to, or one member of the link, I think, by that time. So I was down to two dice on fives. And he had five dice on 19s. And I, okay. ro- and I rolled a five. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, the, so the unknown ranger disappears in a puff of, of smoke. And um, Julian's got like one order left. And he's sitting there going, oh, well, that, that, didn't, that didn't go well. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what missile launchers do when they, when they crit you. So, um, yeah, the game kind of... It was kind of, it was definitely in his favor on the first turn, and it sort of swung into my favor on the on the second turn, and it kind of swung both ways. Um, we had some really good back and forth. Um, I was running a, for the challenge. I was actually running a, a Rama list with a couple of duels in it, so I'll just I'll just quickly um, go over that list because it was actually quite a bit of fun to play. So it was um, there's a core of Gulams with Yara Haddad, a missile launcher. Doctor NCO grenade launcher, the usual sort of thing, with a sixth with a sixth member to back it up. Then I then I had two duos. The first duo was a Zayden HMG, who was my lieutenant, in a in a well, not a duo, but he was in a Harris, but a two-person Harris with the Zayden Doctor. Okay. Um. So that was just like a cheap way to get two models on the table with a specialist. We're playing supplies, so I needed the Doctor, or at least I needed a specialist. And then the Zayden HMG is a BS-12 HMG with marksmanship, so effectively BS-15, and has shock. They both have um, shock and they both have regen. So they're really, really fun to, to try out. And then the other duo was a Namur with Spitfire, dueled with Raman Ruhani, with the intention being that Ruhani is effectively a BS, sorry, a Whip-18 Doctor that can pick up um, Namur if need be. And then the, the, the Namur... Is a decent gunfighter with an Emirat, is a specialist, has climbing plus and six two moves, so can go and get the 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 box. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the list was a beast beast hunter, the Carmen Carmen and Batard, and then three Fanish flash pulse bots. Um, so there's also the first outing for the beast hunter this this weekend too, and I have to say, really solid profile and exactly what as far as Rama goes, exactly what Rama needed. Because Rama, sorry, which one? Which beast hunter did you take? The fifteen point one with the Panzerfaust. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, just goes really, really well in Rama, who struggle for cheap midfield. Like they've got the Nahab who's thirty points. They've got the Tuareg who's thirty odd points. At least having a fifteen point um, push piece that you know it can either be used to. Uh, reveal and shoot a Panzerfaust, or you know, run into the you know, run into the enemy DZ and lay down a template. Is heavy nice. flame, yeah, heavy flamethrower, AP mines. That's not a bad profile at all. Yeah, and it's it's like it's available to every um, vanilla army, but it's only available to a couple of sectorals. 
Um, one of them being USR Yednam and one of the other ones being Rama. So we both ended up having a beast hunter in our list. Uh, but yeah, so the idea of the, the, the duels was just a bit of fun because I felt like I needed some punch and the Zayden is a lot of fun to use. And then the Namur is just more of a kind of guilty pleasure for me. Like I know she's not that good, but I know she could be good in the right circumstances. I just haven't quite found those circumstances yet. Um, but anyway, the, the game kind of went back and forth. Um, Julian will say that his dice hated him, and I would agree, because they, like, starting with that crit, they they were, you know, it kind of didn't get much better from there. He 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 put down my Zed in HMG, who I then was able to regen back up. He then shot my Zed in Doctor, like, five, five times with a sniper rifle. And not only did I manage to pass all my armor saves, I managed to win a face-to-face um, with a boarding shotgun over that was over 16 inches away because because Zaydens ignore cover, right? So even though it's technically neg 6, it was only neg 3, so I'm mm-hmm. like rolling one dice on a 9, which is not great when you're up against, what, 3 dice or 4 dice on 12s, but it was enough. So there's just like a lot of this going on. There was a moment where his Desperado... Um, was kind of in the midfield and I needed to take it out because it was going to come and kill my Zaydens in his own turn. And I had th- <laughs> three orders on an Amur ro- running up to the Desperado, shooting it with the Spitfire. He rolls a crit on his smoke grenade. I'm like, that's fine. But he positions it in a way that it doesn't completely block the Desperado. So I spend another order on the Namur and I move to a position where I can see the Desperado again. I shoot it again. He rolls another 16. Um, for his for his um, smoke grenade, I also crit, but so it just cancels out. So then on the third order, I go again, and he rolls another sixteen for his smoke grenade. Three, three crits in a row. That's um... three crits in a row to and like it. You know, it wasn't a big deal to the game, but the fact that Desperado lived, he was then able to burst five my Namur and kill her in in his turn, and then move. And I think. Um, killed Ruhani as well, so it kind of it it shifted it shifted it around. But in the end, I had a Tuareg. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. I also had a Tuareg Doctor in hidden deployment. So because I went second, my last turn he had one box. Um, I had no boxes. On my turn, I was able to reveal the Tuareg, pick up one box, and then yeet my Doctor to the middle box and pick it up to win the game. So I won the tournament. Amazing. Yay. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for the Julian. Um, uh, no, that's, that's actually, that's not fair. He, he, he played well, but um, <laughs> I was waiting for our group chat to blow up when, once, I, once I won um, of all the reasons why uh, he should have won. But <laughs> he's, he's uh, no, he was very gracious and uh, his dice just hated him. Like, because honestly, if, if he hadn't. Uh, if my missile launcher hadn't crit him on the first turn, I would have been in a world of hurt. Yep. Um, because Marauders, who knew how good they were when you have um, MSV-1 on your heavy rocket launchers and your sniper rifle and your um, ar- and your ARM-3? Uh, that's, that's what I was going to mention, the ARM-3. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure, there's still only one wound. Um, ARM-3 does go a long way. Yeah, armor three and cover. Although, again, Julian, he, he to be fair, he could not roll 
an armor save to save his life. But then at the same time, I tried where possible just to lay templates on him because I figured, like, you know, I'll go down, but if I take those guys with me, that's the way to go. So, um, yeah, so I ended up, ended up winning the event, which was which was good. Um, I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed when I didn't get my fiddler. Uh, <laughs> oh, from like a, from a, from a pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, so it's just silly, but like, um, <laughs> Val handed me the prize and it was like a box. I was like, oh, yay, fiddler. And I opened it up and it was empty. And I was like, the, f- the fuck? The fuck, Val? <laughs> And he's like, he's like, no, it's just, just a new, new, new player event. You know, we're we're awarding the new players, not the person who comes first. And I was like, yeah, that's that's fine. That no, fair, fair enough. I I agree. But still, I felt like Jacob for a second. You know, just not winning, not winning Parvati the whole last season, and then me <laughs> winning. Yep. Like I really wanted Fiddler, and then not winning her because I entered into a new player event. <laughs> And expected to win it. Yeah, you thought you could just <laughs> submarine through, stop some newbies for the uh, for the prize. Yeah, no, just no, it's the cheapest way for me to get works. my hands on Fiddler. No, it's not how it works at all. So um, yeah, I so you, I thought you already had Fiddler. No, no, I've got. I uh, know I've got. Uh, I've just got. I've just proxy her with. Um, I think I've got. Who is it? Zoe. I use Zoe for oh. her, and I've got the Defiance turrets. Uh, so I use them as the jackpots for now. Although to be fair, I do I do own a couple of those um, ITS packs that I use for tournaments. So maybe if I don't use them at the end of the season, I might keep one for myself. Um, but yeah, so that was it. That was a really good day. Um, we had yeah some met some great people, and um, hopefully we can we might see them at Burns City Brawl in, in three weeks. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I, I didn't, and then just really quickly, not to not to uh, dwell on it too much, but I did also have a game at Axes and Ales last week against um, new player uh, Josh, uh, who's well, he's actually not a new player, but he he's like down in he thinks in Fitzroy, but he's been playing for no, sorry, he is a new player. Sorry, he's only been playing for three months. Um, but one of the great things about Burn City Brawl is we've been doing the meet the player segment, which is like we try and do every couple um, like twice a week. And it's just um, a part of a sort of get to know you thing for the event. And I'd seen that this guy, Josh, who I'd never met before, had signed up to the event. And I thought, well, look, I don't know who this person is. And he probably doesn't know who any of us are. So I asked him to do the meet the player, which for people who are listening and don't know what this is, it's like I ask 10 random get to know you questions, some of them infinity related, some of them not. And then they respond to them. I post the answers up on the event page, accompanied by like a silly photo, and yeah, it just well, kind of you gets guys you did that for um the original BCB back in twenty nineteen yes and that was that was the first time I think I'd ever seen something like that done in the Infinity space and it was like just super popular everyone everyone absolutely loved it uh, because it really put some faces yeah to names and um really helped with with the with building up to that event to what it was so to do it again this year it's a great idea yeah and i feel like we've been doing it for about a year because we keep getting cancelled because of covid so it just like people have gone like have i done this meet the player do we remember who this person is is this person even still coming uh but it's fun it's i i've you know had a heap of fun doing it and it's uh uh looking forward to doing a few more but yeah, yeah that was a game against josh and uh, it was a super fun game i actually can't remember anything about it so sorry josh except that we did smash a couple of beers and it was uh, it was great getting to know him. So hopefully, I get to smash a few more beers in a few weeks' time. That's it. That's it. So we can move on to. We've got a couple of event announcements uh, before we move into some more uh, proper Infinity talk. First of all, oh, 
We just lost you, Nicholas. Ah! Hello. Oh, you're back. Sorry. I'm back. I'm you back. just you just started talking about um Burn City Brawl. Yeah, I think that's what you're about to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just start that sentence again. <laughs> sure. Thank you. I'll, I'll say that um, we're going to be talking a lot about Burn City Brawl in tonight's episode, but just to give it a proper shout out, um, the event is happening on the 19th and 20th of February. It is a two-day event, five rounds. Um, the missions are going to be the Armory. Uh, no, sorry, I'm reading the wrong list. The missions are. Oh yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll fill out one of you because I know I know them off the top of my head. Hi, I got it right here. Highly oh, yeah. classified um, data cache, which is a uh, what do you call it? A custom mission. Custom mission is the word. That's it. Uh, That's right. Firefight, supremacy, capture and, and capture and protect to finish things off. Did I get everything? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Um, it's uh, what is it? Fifty dollar entry fee. Sixty five. Sixty five. I was close. Yeah. Um, $65 entry free. Um, if you sign up before, when's that sign up bonus finish? Uh, it's it's already, the sign up bonus is gone and we're we're, okay, we're, we're supposed to be drawing the Google Marlene thing tonight, but I have, uh, I'm lax, so I haven't done it yet, but I will. That's all right. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, yeah, we have actually, we've hit 40 players. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So do, like, do, we have, do we have a hard cap? 50, I think. Sure. Yeah, but 40 is 40 is excellent. Um, we're really, really excited about that. And I think I said to you guys before, we're about 40% of the player um, of BCB are all new players. Or all, at least, would regard themselves as new players, as in, like, having played, like, maybe just one ITS event, but very yeah, much I new mean, to the game. More than likely their first two-day event. Absolutely, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think there's... Um, I'm getting a little bit... not I wouldn't say nervous about it, but I think, you know, there's there's definitely... A lot of new players I've not really uh, met before, and I just want to make sure that everyone's aware of what is required for not required for a two day event, but what to expect in a two day event. Um, because some people haven't even played a one day event yet, so playing two is. Um, and I'm trying obviously trying to steer it in the direction of fun because it's going to be fun, um, you know, because there's going to be activities around the event, which is always good too. Um, but super excited for for that in a few weeks' time. But signups are still available. The registration form is on Facebook and on our Lost Lieutenant Discord. And you can also just hit us up personally if you have any questions, concerns, queries. We're going to be COVID safe and all that jazz. It's a big old hall, so it's heaps of space for social distancing. It's going to be February, uh, so it'll be hot. So we'll have the windows open and doors or aircon on or whatever. And cold beer, lots of cold drinks as well to keep us all hydrated. That's it. That's <laughs> Which is, it. <laughs> I mean, I'm teoing, so I'm like, I'm just gonna be like, woo! It's gonna be so great. Just be, so you're not playing at all. You'll you'll just be behind the table. I think so. I think now with that had, size with that size of event, it's too hard otherwise. I think so. Unless we can get, um, actually, I'll do the shout out now on the show because Peter did uh, one of the other uh, teals. Sorry, I'm just moving my mic. Uh, one of the teals for the event did suggest something uh, a good idea. He said that. Um, there's there's going to be players out there who can't attend two days, um, or can't attend at all because of family reasons, or you know can't commit to a whole day. But we he did say like because we've got so many new players, it would be great if we had some veteran players just rock up just to help out, just even to to mentor new players, um, say hello, just you know do the rounds around the table, 
Um, and then and then they don't have to save for the whole day, but it'd be nice just to have like a few extra sets of eyes and hands on the day just to help these new players. Because with Pete and I and perhaps Chris, that'll probably be enough, but the more hands, the better. Yeah, so the other event announcement that we want to talk about is an event up in uh, Brisbane, uh, B- B-I-G or BIG, Brisbane Independent Games. Uh, as always, the overall event organisers for BrizCon and are trying to build on the success of last year with a similar COVID safety plan in place. Uh, the organisers have reached out to the local authorities regarding masks, vaccination requirements, etc. Um, we're waiting to hear back from them, but expect the usual contact tracing applications, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they've got an event going on, Infinity uh, at BrizzCon 2022. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Uh, where is it happening? Mount Gravatt Showgrounds in Brisbane. Um, shock of horror, I don't get, quite get what that means. I think it's okay. maybe it's always there. If you're okay. from Brisbane, it's oh. probably always there. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the 23rd, 24th of April. So that's the weekend before uh, Anzac Day. Uh, Anzac Day is the Monday. Um, so it is a long weekend. Uh, it's a two-day event. Uh, the two-day ticket will be $50. All proceeds go towards BrizCon's operational costs and towards price support for the event as well. Oh, yeah, uh, because it's not just Infinity at that BrizCon. No, it's yeah, a- BrizCon's a big thing, right? Mm. Um, so uh, it's all run through... BrizzCon, uh, as, as a thing, and uh, it's five missions uh, from ITS Season 13, uh, the Armory, followed by Panic Room and Supplies, and then Acquisition and Decapitation. Mm. So uh, from starting at 9 a.m., or doors open from 9 a.m. on uh, the Saturday, rounds one to three on Saturday, four and five on Sunday as well. So um, that seems, sounds like a bit of fun if you're up, up that way and uh, want to jump on a two-day event. I know um, given that Anzac Day is on the Monday as well, it makes it a great opportunity to, for that, um, that pub, take advantage of the public holiday as well on the Monday. Yeah. Uh, do, you think you, do you think you'd go? I'm, I've actually got plans that weekend. I'm, right. Um, the, uh, I am going to be taking, because the week before that is Easter. It is Easter, well. yeah. So yeah. I'm going to be taking off that whole week in between and having like a two-week holiday. So... Um, oh, right. Yeah. So we have Easter Monday and then it's Anzac Monday, essentially. That's right. So I'll have, I'll, I'll, I'm taking Thursday off work, Thursday the 14th. So I'll be off from the 14th and then I don't go back to work until the uh, 26th. Yeah, right. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, um, I'm considering going. Um, I was actually really, I was about to push the, push the button on it. What's the word? Pull the trigger. That's the word I'm thinking yeah, of. Sure. It. And then, and then work called up and said, "Hey, can you come to WA for three months?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, well, I guess I'll have to wait and see if I'm on leave." But I like it. I like the mission lineup. I like how you've got Armory and Panic Room on the first, uh, first two missions. You know, get get that out of the way. Um, they're they're fun. Two fun missions. You don't see. Uh, well, I mean, you do see because they are quite popular. But I like objective room missions. And then supplies is a good, 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 good mission. Acquisition is is fine, and decapitation is a bit of a bloodbath on on the on the fifth round. Although I do feel, I don't know, decapitation on last round does it does it help tiebreakers? Because it's really easy to get four points if you just kill the two heavitas or two designated targets. Um, but I, then I guess it does come down to who can kill the most points. Which if you're on top table. You know, it's not something, you know, it's either one or the other. It's binary, right? You know, you either kill more points or I do. 
Yeah, but I mean, I don't necessarily think that putting it in at the end or putting it somewhere else, I don't think it really impacts it. If you're going to get draws, you're going to get draws. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's just like you know setting up setting up the scene for a a tense fifth round. Well, I mean, I think uh, if you want something that's going to be tense, a a mission that potentially can land in uh, not necessarily landslide wins either way is something that would be pretty tense mm, so. that's true because then you're really pushing for those uh those those those, those points yeah that's right yeah but it's a good lineup anyway um and uh, if i can get up there Vizzy, i will um so save a spot for me until i i'm unable to go um all right so any other event announcements that was it right yep cool that's it for events um did we want to just jump forward and do the January challenge and February challenge before we start to talk about some stuff we have opinions on. <laughs> That's a really good idea. I like that, Nick. It's good. Um, yeah, so we've got the January challenge. Uh, it's over now, so the duo. So thanks to everybody who participated in it. It was a fun, fun little challenge and well received. So that's good. Uh, we ended up getting f- five entries in the end. Uh, so thank you to uh, James, Rob, Vizzy, Sam, and Callum for your entries they were all excellent uh rob as always with his video battle reports um i watched finished watching that last night and it was um it was excellent with some really good uh takeaways from it um what else who's the winner oh yeah the winner yeah <laughs> that's it that's the winner we're looking for right yeah so winner drawn at random is <laughs> James Matthews, congratulations, James from WA. Uh, he's a wonderful bloke. I've uh, rolled dice with him while I was over there, and um, yeah, he's he usually um, submits something into the challenge. So congratulations, you finally won a blister of your choice from Total Soldier Imports. So give us a shout on um, whatever Facebook, email, what have you. Let us know what you want, and we'll send it over. That's it. And so being uh, yeah. the first of the uh, of the new month as well, February, we've got our uh, Feb- Feb- February uh, challenge to announce as well. So uh, jumping into Feb, we're looking at uh, close combat, right? There's been, you know, some mumbling that people think close combat troops are rubbish, which is absolutely not factual at all because they can be amazing. And we want you to experience just how amazing they are by including more of them in your list. So um, we're not talking about running like 100% all close combat lists. Infinity is still a shooting game, but maybe try and leverage it a bit more than what you have in the past or would usually do and uh, see what you can what you can make of it from there. Yeah, so, so we're talking about anything with close combat skills, um, or it doesn't even have to have close combat skills. It's more about just getting things into close combat, right? That's a good point, yeah. Um, but yeah. if you want to do that and succeed, things with martial arts, things with uh, Berserk, Natural Born Warrior, that sort of stuff, um, you're probably going to have a better time than if you just charge headlong into your opponent with your fusiliers or something. So Yeah, because I, I was thinking about this last night after um, after the weekend when I ran Tariq. And I was like, it's like Tariq is great, but he's fifty-seven points for he's like effectively a BS fifth, a BS thirteen Spitfire. Like he's he's kind of meh, like as a gunfighter. But he's got all these other skills around him that can be seen as bloat. But he he is martial arts and he has an actual born warrior, which makes him a real pain in the ass to deal with if you are a CC specialist yourself. Like if you were like, oh, I'll just 
run something into CC with him. Like, nope, you're not. That's not going to work out well for you. So he has both martial yeah. arts and natural born warrior. Yeah, 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 know. yeah. And even even the base, um, well, the basic, the basic Quraysh for Rama and Hakazam all have natural born warrior as well. With CC twenty, I think. So from a defensive point of view, they're really, really good. Like if you have a link team, link team of them. And your opponent has like I don't know a ninja or a speculo. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna go shiv one of your quarries. You're like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm natural born warrior and I'm CC twenty, or I think even twenty one, with like AP shock CC weapons. Like you don't want to go toe to toe with that. So that's what I was thinking about as well as like you know using it aggressively to get into CC or or but also using it defensively. So like blue coats are a really good example. You know you have a few of them in a link team. Nobody's gonna want to go into CC with that. Um either and i know like even playing um n3 when we used to play a lot of um, steel phalanx steel phalanx for me as a hack player was a fucking nightmare because i'm like oh cool i've got fide oh this fide cannot do anything because everything is martial arts level three with just as good a cc as the fide is so yeah um yeah think about that in your games um i like your thinking about not even using not necessarily using CC specialists, but um, like, who doesn't love running like a pal bot into CC with the tag? You know, <laughs> just like <laughs> just dodging into CC with something just to tag, just to like stop it from, just to stop it, just to like go. No, you you will not move any further this this turn. Um, is something to consider as well. So, um, definitely, yeah, lots lots of lots of ideas and options out there um, for you to try out. So, uh, yeah, you got to the end of the month. Um, write a battle report and send it in to us at lossoflieutenant at gmail.com and you can win a blister from Toy Soldier Imports, the wonderful, wonderful people at Toy Soldier Imports. That's it. And then also just to remind people of the quarterly challenge that is running up until the end of March, uh, which is the uh, new year, new technique. So uh, try something new with your painting or hobbying that you've not done previously. So non-metallic metals, blending, glazing, Something else uh, I'm going to start working on airbrushing. Um, still, mm. I'm going to probably pick up an airbrush this weekend, actually, and get, start getting my eye in with that. So. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to have a go at that. Actually, I need to. I need to get my finger out and, and try it myself. And uh, yeah, then uh, with that um, challenge, write it up in an email, send it through to us at Lost Lieutenant. Uh, at gmail.com and uh, by the end of March and let us know what you're, uh, what you're working on, some before and after pictures of what you did and uh, you're going to the draw to win a uh, box, a small box yeah. uh, of your choice. So. Yeah, I just, sent out, I just sent out the Hospitaller's box that Lachlan um, won for, her, for last quarter's challenge. So he's pretty delighted with that. So that's what you could win if you enter. And we've already had like, I think half a dozen entries. So it's, it's great. Always, uh, it's a uh, great, good to see people putting in the entries even this early in the year. That's it. Cool. Well, that's I guess all the um, uh, bookkeeping that we mm, usually yeah. start off with. We can now jump into a, a bit of news before we talk about the missions that we want to talk about because there is a bit of news to talk about. Obviously, we've had the um, Las Vegas Open was on. Uh, last weekend or very recently, and they had a nice little video that uh, CB shared of one of their studio updates that they got uh, to, to to send along there. Um, mm -hmm. And we saw some nice little tidbits of information. Um, yeah. First and foremost, I think, to talk about would be the uh, Morats. Uh, not being, they're not being Frenched, which a lot of people <laughs> thought was going to happen. Um, uh, you know who called it, Kev? We called it. We, we called you, it. You and I 
uh, on a previous podcast said that that Morats are not going anywhere. They're going to get a new box. I'm sure. Just a whole lot out. of people just going. The sky is falling. Um, you know, and then forgetting that this is exactly what they did to Mo last year. To be fair, not with the whole range, but they did it to Mo last year. So it's it's, right. it's, it's it's also not just a rebox as well. Um, they are getting new sculpts. They are getting new sculpts. Yeah, yeah. So we'd, we'd expect new sculpts, and and uh, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a few people out there who are like kind of disappointed that the sculpts are going away, but they're not going. They're not. They're not. They're not gone yet. You've got until was it March or April to buy them. So if you if you really like the old or the current Dataradzi, get them now before they are um, upgraded to look even better. Because remember how good the ammo stuff looked last year. Like, like it made me want to start panel. So this will. Probably make me, make me want to start want to start more ats, um, and then everyone will be playing more ats, and then Val will have to play something else. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, super excited um, and happy about that. Uh, I guess like to to I guess mm, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, to be fair to the people who were like crying about this, uh, CB didn't actually give us an explanation. They just did it, and then afterwards said. That they would be getting an, an update. So, but like, so I mean, the way they did it, right? The information that came out was information that goes to retailers to mm -hmm. say things that are no not going to be able to order on your retail shelf in anymore, right? That's not information that us as gamers and as us as customers is really supposed to see. So, yeah. if anything, that information coming out is is essentially a leak, right? It, that's true. Yeah. So that's that's industry insider information that's come out. CB doesn't have to address that, and no. so the fact that they didn't address this doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. Um, they went with their normal announcement schedule that they were planning on, and then it's um, anyone who who panicked and thought the sky was going to fall have been proven incorrect. So, yeah, I think I think um, you know in, in the days of the internet, people always want to be the first as well. They they want to get this information. This this super secret leak from um, retailers and then spread it around and then people then make their own assumptions because there's there's a vacuum and people want to fill it with you know bad shit which is yeah which is like all these new players going oh i just go into morats oh they're they're getting they're they're, they're getting oh, no, yeah what do you mean my morats i'm not going to be able to buy morats anymore i'll never see morats again i can never buy any of these models oh no yeah no and everyone's like whoa hold your fucking horses mate like there's been <laughs> yeah. none of that information and then people are like oh it's definitely happening sigma <laughs> sigma's coming out the next sectoral and people are like where the fuck did that come from like what the actual what? <laughs> like yeah that's the sort of stuff you hear and like not just on the forums we're talking like this is on like Facebook, this is on like IGL, this is anyway, but it's all good because we've been told that more acts are coming out so we can all breathe easy again and look forward to April. Or is it April? April, yeah, I think so. Uh, potentially, I'm not potentially. sure. Yeah. yeah, so basically, that's just a uh, I told you so from Lost Lieutenant. <laughs> 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 what, what, what else was in the video, Nick? Uh, what else was in the video? Uh, we had a little bit of insight in the fire team rules, nothing concrete. Yeah. Um, just a bit of teasing, really, to say that there's you're going to be what we're going to be seeing is different rules for, um, I guess, how would you like pure, pure fire teams? Is that how you call I mean, it? I, yes, um, I think that's what Carlos. That was the vernacular he used. Yeah. Um, versus like mixed links, 
right? So things that have got all different models and wild cards and whatnot. I mean, even to say that, I don't even know if that's necessarily accurate because of how little information we have been given. But suffice to say, there is going to be different bonuses for different kinds of links. Yeah. Um, yeah he, what, I, th uh, I, think the, I think the example he used was like five Fusiliers is a pure fire team. And then... Right. And then you know your fire team with a wild card and a character and uh, this guy and this guy and this guy will have not he used the word other bonuses like not like fewer bonuses just other bonus right so that's 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 exciting and again um like i i always thought one of the remits of this fire team rework was to make it simpler um maybe that's not necessarily the case if they're just going to bring out two separate sets of rules that doesn't necessarily make things simpler that's just mm. adding extra things for people to think about that's a good point because um, as we know we've got like we've got wild card we've got counts as we've got may join we've got special fire team so at the moment you just see five guys and you're like cool there's five guys they get core link bonuses whereas if you see Five guys now. You're like, is that a pure fire team? Is that is that an Aryan fire team, or is that a is that a? <laughs> Sorry, ignore that bit. Um, is that a pure fire team? Pure blood, whatever, uh, yeah. or is that a slightly not so yeah. pure fire pure, team? Like all these, yeah, these filthy mud bloods. Yeah, yeah. Is like, is it because you don't know? Because like, for instance, like in Rama, like Yara Haddad counts as she's a wild card, right? But yep. then you have um, a Namur who counts as a Gulam. Right. And so, so those are two different terminologies. Yeah. yeah. Will will that terminology even stay the same or will that change as well? It might, we yeah. I, you would, I would hope, and I think um, uh, I heard somebody say it today, um, I forget who it was, but they, they hope that they'll embed this somehow into ARMY. Like ARMY will also update along with it. So it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, so if they have to change wording, then at least it's cohesive and goes across the range um, sure. as opposed to just being in this pdf document and now you have to fucking decipher it for yourself i'd just like it to be um if they have to do some updating and, yeah and i mean with the um cb's basically sort of i guess you'd call it a mission statement that they've moved to a living rule book to have the living rule book and the army as the as your go-to for knowledge Sources of truth yeah 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 the source of truth that's what i was looking for um you don't then want to also tack on different pdfs or documents or whatever so if they can integrate this into the um existing format of how we use army that'd be great yeah i mean i'm not saying it's going to happen but it would be nice because you know Fuck me the amount of times you're like is this legal and then people are like check the pdf and you're like where's the pdf how do i get the pdf can we just like can I, we just like use army? i don't think i don't think i've ever even looked at the pdf right yeah yeah i just i just, I just wing it yeah it's just it's in the army it's fine uh so yeah that'll, that'll be exciting it, it's it's a bit of trepidation again you know there's we're not there's not too much information out there so people will fill the gaps in with what they think will happen and i guess we'll have to wait yeah, and that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can be patient. I'm happy with fire teams as they are right now, so I have no issues paying them right now um, as we do. Uh, but whatever changes happen when we get more information, obviously we'll dive into that as it comes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then the last thing that was sort of mentioned in the video uh, was the that CB are going to continue doing kickstars. Uh, now he didn't mention whether or not he'd have another. We'd have another one this year, but they 
have enjoyed how Kickstarters have worked, so we'll expect to see more. And I, I, pers- I know that some people do have to take issue with this type of um, launch for using Kickstarter as a platform or just crowdfunding in general. Personally, I think it's absolutely fine if they're if they're going to launch a product that might not necessarily have the potential for retail success, but there is a niche group of people who they know will be interested in this. Why not make a limited run of a product like with Defiance, um, mm-hmm. like with Tag Raid, of things that like they're not necessarily the types of things that are going to jump off the shelves or at, at a retail store because the, the ticket price is quite a bit higher and there's no real way to ramp up like with infinity when you buy you can buy one or two things at a time where these are more like big box games right mm. um to do that sort of thing as a limited run through kickstarter which means you know exactly how many you need to produce you um you're not going to have you're going to lose out on uh, from the production side of things that also means that all these sculpts they do make for these games they've still got the renders they've still got the capacity to reproduce or, or, or augment those for future infinity releases so you can't possibly tell me that infinity did not win from defiance for example because of the amount of sculpts that came through that that we've already seen some uh with slightly slight changes being released into uh, regular distribution as part of Infinity as well, mm, right? Yeah. So I like, personally uh, don't have any issues with Kickstarter. Yeah, like a good a good example is uh, what the redone Valera Gromos. Like she was out in Defiance, and then we have a general release model for her now, who was that was also shown at LVO, and she looks great. So uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I can't see too many problems with with the way Kickstarter is done. Um, Except that now I have miniatures that I'll never, I have to sell. <laughs> that's, that's on me. That's that's fine. But that's the other thing, right? I mean, there's people will buy them. There's there's mm. there's, there's there's demand for these miniatures because they are all exclusives, pretty much. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, some people have said that they don't like the fact that it uh, CB putting all the effort into these Kickstarters sort of takes away from what they're putting into infinity um which i can kind of see that the argument for that but i mean i'm kind of comfortable with where infinity is right now i don't think we need to see any massive changes um to have like you get your updates each year with um with with the new its you get the a two-player starter pack each year and you get like an army box each year with Adepticon and, and Gen Con releases. Um, they've been doing that for the past three years now as their sort of release schedule. And and it seems to be working okay. Sure, it's it seems like a, a rinse and repeat type thing. but It's a bit pre- predictable, I guess. But it also it, creates it, excitement. But, yeah, but is there is there anything actually wrong with that? We're still getting new models. We're still getting new sculpts. We're still getting beautiful models and sculpts. Um we, we have seen a slowdown in the release of new sectorials, which we saw big time in 2018 and 2019. We had like 10 new sectorials. We haven't seen that, which I'm glad because I think I thought at the time that was too much. Yeah, we, um, we, we, we spoke so, about it on an episode. We think it's like, you know, too much stuff. So, so for them to just sort of get into more of a rhythm with what the releases are looking like, I mean, I think it's it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I think it's... Absolutely fine, and and, may, who, and who knows? Maybe after Gen Con this year, when they filled out all the uh, factions for Code One, maybe they'll 
change tack. Maybe they'll do something change different. Up. Do something different. Yeah. Who knows? We've, we've, we're yeah. expecting a campaign book or I think some more fluff books this year. So maybe that'll open up a new door into some other kind of uh, box set, battle box, whatever, two-player starter set. But it's a good formula. Like, you know, if you want new players to get into it, two-player starter sets are a tried and tested method among many games. Like, every every game has a two-player starter set and it comes out yearly. So why wouldn't we want that? Yeah. So yeah, cool. cool. Uh, any was there anything else that came out in the in the? Um, video? I mean, like there were some painted I mean, models. Um, they've they've released. I mean, I did want to mention they have the updated Probot. So um, CB are going with the um, aliens thing for all their evil hackers now because the Probot also is aliens. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. That's the design they've gone with. This is fine, I guess. It looks okay uh i mean i guess evil evil bots or baggage bots were never like sexy miniatures anyway so i guess i'm not surprised that they look a bit fugly but a bit, um a bit strange yeah. Yeah. yeah they're a bit strange looking i don't know I, I i yeah i don't know like after all the other remotes we've seen over the last three four years when they're just sexy and then this comes out and i'm not mm, yeah whatever it's fine. It'll yeah. set it'll set at the back of the board and do fuck all, um, and that's fine. Exactly right. It's not. Yeah. No, it's, it's they're not they're not key pieces. No, no. I mean, I I, I, I think we but, weren't sure if they were going to be sourcast or metal, but I think Julian said in the last episode they were going to be metal, which was a bit of a surprise given how big they are, um, being S four. But you only get one of them, so I guess maybe that's why. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that came out just Thursday, I think it was, was a, a new errata slash FAQ. And uh, to be honest, that was that was a bit of a mess. <laughs> um, With that was some a, of the uh, that was a tumultuous some week. The, some of the some of the rules um, sort of not contradicting each other, but the way that two separate points in your in your document re- related to each other develop this rule interaction which almost nullified direct template weapons in aro within zone of control so it was um that has now not 100 officially been cleared up but eloise has stated that um this interpretation was not the intention it will be changed soon yeah so um it is going to go back to direct templates being able to be used in, in aro basically whereas with that ruling you could do by using like a shoot action in the active as the first part of the order um it would basically mean your opponent will not be able to use a template template weapons yeah 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 because of of different wording so um glad to see that that's being um cleared up i mean disappointed that it happened in the first place right because surely uh yeah this I don't. I don't know. Like how this. How how it gets past quality assurance to 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 not notice that type of interaction when the two points in the document are literally next to each other, one after the other, and you can't look at the two of them and ask yourself how are these two going to interact with each other. It's kind of like uh, how I don't know. It's 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 terminology and a little bit of a loose looseness around the terminology like they use the word placement and they use the word declaration and to people out there who know the rules really well then they know what that means and then they take that and they go 
well, that means that this happens, right? But I saw, I do feel that sometimes CB write rules and don't actually follow their own terminology. Like they'll say the word placement, but they don't actually mean placement. They mean something or the, else. Or, or yeah, or they've used um, like the term token as well. Is yeah. Used, but but there's no actual definition of what token means. Mm. This is something that we, we came up in discussion that we were having a few days ago where we were talking about when how you place a smoke Oh God! Yeah, that's right? a good one. Yeah, because because you're supposed to place a token on the table, and then you put the smoke template on top of where the token was. But how big's the token? What's stopping me from just using a token that happens to be the exact same size as what the smoke template is, which is actually how I play the game. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I played the game for a long time until someone says, "Oh, you have to place a you have to place like a token first, and then and then do it." And I'm like, okay, why? Yeah, yeah. I it's, there's a lot of like this is why this FEQ. I've never seen an FEQ that's divided the community so much. That's really like kind of, it's it's created it's created lots of memes, but it's created fucking arguments as well. And it's a lot of it about a lot of it is about the classic rules as written versus rules as intended. And I'm just gonna say I am a rules as intended kind of person, generally speaking. Like I'll I'll go to, I'll go to rules as written until it sort of starts to feel like this doesn't feel right. And then I'll be like, then I tend to jump to rules as intended. Um, so you know, the, I, the the issue comes up when that without some other sort of designer's notes in place or something something additional apart from just the wording in the rule, there's no way to know what the intention was. That's right. Yeah, and, and we don't and, we don't know. Like if if they had not come up and if they if Heloise had not come out and said that oh no this interpretation is incorrect. Uh, then if he'd not done that, then there's nothing to say that the ner a, a massive nerf to direct template weapons in ARO was not the intention. Uh, absolutely, I, I I agree, and I just think it just it start it starts with the it starts with it starts you know way back with with the changing of the ARO declaration where people were like oh I can do CC bait and then you know the CC around the corner thing. Which is which? People were like, "Uh, that feels shit." And then C then CB tried correcting that by adding another bait. Now the BS attack bait. So it like you yeah like you say whether whether designers whether developers notes how do we know what they're trying to fix? Mm. Are they trying to fix anything or are they just adding more stuff? So yeah, I think you you shared that video that Vol put up yesterday, and I think that's yeah. a really good really good example of what he what. What we're trying to say here, he explains it very well. Yeah, Vol SC on YouTube put up a great video. Um, Vol's been a YouTube producer of Infinity content for years now, and um, while we might not necessarily agree with everything that he says, um, he's definitely hit the nail on the head with this one. Um, so definitely check out that video. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, basically what we've said now essentially echoes the points that he made in that video, right? So um, have, a look, have a look at that. Um, it will be interesting to see if he makes an addendum to that, given the new announcement that's happened since he released the video. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, so. I think I think it's just it's always good to explain yourself in just in real life in everyday life, right? Just just you know make give yourself uh, a reason for what you're doing for things yeah. you're doing. Don't just do yeah. them and then expect other people to go. Oh, you knew I was. It's just communication. It's relationship one one as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't R just rather, do that. <laughs> rather than just rather than just giving us a brand new what, tell us the why behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which yeah, which wouldn't be too difficult. 
Like what, what is rather than like in an errata document, right? Rather than just having this, this is the new wording. Tell us like what, give us the example that this is actually, it's brought this up to, <clears throat> to generate this, um, this issue. Yeah. I think um, a, 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 an example is um, a song of ice and fire. They, now, I'm on like two minds about them because um, Simon they they go through quite regular rules updates and and uh, changes to particular unit cards um, from you know their point costs to their attributes to their attacks to whatever, um, and they often will release a video with the developers where they'll talk through all the changes and they'll talk about why they changed them, which is good because it gives you reason. However, people on the internet will still go, well, that's a shit reason. So you're never going to satisfy everybody because you're going to say, oh, we, we, we felt like we needed to change this unit because it wasn't being taken very much, so we made it better. And then they go, cool, but now you've made them so good, you're not going to be ever using, you know, this other unit. So did you think about that? So, yeah, developers' notes are great, but they, they will also fall foul if they haven't considered every other aspect that the internet has considered. It's still better than nothing at all. True. No, no I, I agree. Um I agree. Uh, what I don't agree with, though, is the. <laughs> what I don't agree with, though, is uh, the the stupid mind layer thing, um, and not not so much that what uh, CB wrote in their FEQ, but how it's how it's been how it's been. Um, I'm not gonna say I don't want to say interpreted because it's it is written there in black and white. But it's the the, what, the implications. The of implications what that means. of it are what are kind of getting me a bit. Like I'm just like, what are we really like those kinds of people? I mean, I say those kinds of people because sound, that sounds bad, but like the thing about I was just gonna try and find it now. Shit, I've just lost it because I'm on the wrong page. Um, the basically what what it says is that I mean I don't have it in front of me for the exact wording. If you do, you can read it out. Go I'll, ahead. I'll, but, I'll find it. Um, basically, what it what it means is that when you place a mine using the mine layer skill you have to measure the zone of control of the mine layer to make sure that it's a legal placement yeah yeah so but in doing so mm. you would then 100 percent give away who the mine is and who the mine layer is which some of the time you are not necessarily you're trying to um obfuscate that information yeah so i'll, I'll go first of all by saying i don't think it's in in principle it's not that big a it's not that big a deal because a lot of the time you will know that there's a mine layer in play right you know the the the, the classic i've got a a zero zero mimetism camera marker here and a neg three mimetism camera marker here uh it's my only two cam markers and i'm playing vanilla and everyone's like cool that's a libertos that's fine right Everyone knows that's a Libertos. No one cares. Like we know which one's a mine. It's fine. Um, but there will be instances where you will have multiple cam markers on the table. You'll have mixtures of, um, and I don't know why they haven't done this for decoy as well. But you'll have decoy cam markers. You'll have mine layer cam markers, and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Now what this is saying is. It says, yes, the player must measure the zone control of their mine layer during the trooper's deployment before placing the deployable equipment or weapons. So what that's saying is the trooper's deployment, so the, the zone control of the trooper before placing the deployable equipment or weapon. Now, for me, who is a person 
who I just said before is a rules as intended kind of guy, that's what I do anyway. That's what I've fucking always done, right? Because how else are you supposed to know where the inches is? You know where it is, I guess, by eye, but often when I'm deploying, because my, my opponent is off for a piss somewhere, or talking to the table next to me, I just like go, all right, cool. Uh, I'll put my shirted here, prone on this rooftop, and quick eight inches. Yeah, mine can go there. Done. Now, I don't know about you, but I've done that for the last seven years I've played Infinity. So reading that, I'm just like, cool, that's just how I've always played it. But apparently, you're, you're, you weren't allowed to measure that up until... Like, how do you play it? Like, how, like, I, like I would always just eyeball it. I've always just measured and it. If, if, if I, I was unsure, I've, if I was I've unsure, always, I've always eyeballed it, but kind of, I mean, I, I, anyone who's played Infinity for a while has a rough idea on what eight, eight inches looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is there anything? Wife, what eight inches looks like, I've <laughs> got no idea. Um, <laughs> but, but, my, but, but, but my point is, right, is there anything wrong with what I've done over the last seven years? Well, no, because now that it's been added into the FAQ, no, 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 no. Before the yeah, but okay, yeah, but before the FAQ, right? If you saw me checking the eight inches off like two count markers, would you be like, "Oh, what are you doing?" It de- like technically, yes, because you're not allowed to pre-measure. It's a deployment skill. You can measure d- things during deployment. Can you? You, as far as I'm aware, you always could. And also, but the also the other thing as well is from a from a rules as intended point of view. Look, let let's look at let's let's look at it from the other point of view. Let's look at it from let's just say we you've deployed, and you've deployed like a Libertos, like an obvious yeah, Libertos. So say I've 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 libel, I've eyeballed it and yeah. I've gone eight point one inches instead yeah. of eight inches. Is that what you're saying? Yes, you've done that right. And we're, well, let's just say you've done. Let's just say you've done, it clearly looks more than eight, right? And we're about to start, and I've gone, hey, uh, Nick, I'm pretty sure that's Libertos, but that mine looks like it's over eight. Can you just check that for me? And you check it, and you go, oh, yeah, shit, it's nine. What do you think I would say to that? Like, as, as your friend, what would I say? Or even as, a, as an opponent in a, in a tournament, what, do you, what, what would you expect me to say to that? But see, if you had said to me, that looks like an Alberto and that looks like a mine that looks like it's more than eight inches away, can you measure that? I would say, no, I'm not measuring it because they're both camera markers. You don't know what either of those are and I don't have to re- reveal that information. Okay, you could say that, but you'd be a dick. But if you said that, <laughs> right, if, if, if I'd be like, that's definitely a Libertos and a mine, dude. Just measure it. You measure it, it's nine inches. I'll just be like, all right, just, just shuffle the mine in an inch. It's fine, done. And we move on with the game, right? Yep. It's, there's no argument. It's like you've just made a misstep of measurement. I've kind of gone, oh, it looks a bit funny. And you've gone, oh, yeah, shit, sorry. And then we move on with the game. Now, according to some people on the internet, you would lose that mine. That mine would just be like, poof, gone. You, you placed it illegally, it's gone. Yeah, but I mean, with, with, the, new FA, with the new errata, yeah. this situation won't occur because we would have already measured it and we have to measure it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, um, you're the, under this way this rule is you I now have to witness this is that what it's saying because that's just that doesn't sound that no, it doesn't, doesn't say sound. you have to do that it just says that you have to it has to be measured yeah like right. I don't have to sit there watching you do it but you just have to make yeah, sure you but, do it but what the point is the people are then saying it, this 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 removes the shell game 
But I'm like, there's no point in there where the, the opponent has to watch you do it. Like, that's what I'm saying. So going back, going back to like my last game where I played with a mind layer, I measured it eight inches. So I knew I was within eight inches because I was being legal. But my opponent didn't see me do it because they were off doing what they normally do when I'm deploying, you know, Julian taking a shit or whatever. Right? It's fine. It just happens. It's what, you know, and I just, and I know I'm being legal. But he, they, haven't, they haven't seen it. But there's people out there going, no, 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 you must measure it. And then by somehow associating that with like, they must witness it as well. Which they don't, which I, as far as I'm aware, I don't think they have to witness it. I, so, I, I haven't heard anyone say that. No, I but, mean, I don't, I don't go on the forums, so. Yeah, well, uh, but that's the point is like, if they're not witnessing, witnessing it, then, then does this. Does if, a, this if, a tree, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it. Sort yeah, of but what, then I, what, what I'm getting at is this, then this <sighs> FEQ, if it says that you, it, it must be done and it's open information, then you therefore effectively have to tell them where all your mines and mine layers are. And I'm saying mm. that's not in the spirit of the game. Go eat a bag of dicks. Is essentially what I'm trying to say is, is I've always done it this way. And if ever someone's done a mine layer and I'm a bit like dubious, like if, I, if I'm confident it's a mine, like confident, like the Libertos example, and I think it's outside of eight or a decoy, and I know it's a decoy, I'll be like, hey, just want to just check that, just make sure it is within eight. And they'll go, oh shit, it is. Oh yeah, let me just move it in and we carry on with the game. So for me, this FEQ makes no difference to how I've played the game for the last seven years. But apparently I've been playing it like wrong, kind of, but now I'm playing it right. But now I have, to, you know what I mean? So you, so you should feel vindicated, Kev. Well, not vindicated, but I'm just like saying like the idea of the, the, the intention of this my, the intention of this change is because people were thinking, were saying you can't measure it because you can't pre-measure, but other people were saying you can measure it because it's a, it's a deployment skill and you can measure things when you're deploying. Like you can measure AD when you're deploying to find where the 12 inches is. You can measure mine layer when you're playing mines. You can measure decoy when you're doing a decoy. Okay. Right? So, so, so that's a deployment are, skill. Are we in agreement that it's a good thing that it's been now cleared up. I'm this. saying it's a good thing, but what I'm not saying is it's, it's not a good thing for people who then take this rule and will then say, okay, you've deployed, and then will then ask, where are your mines? And then they say, I don't have to tell you that, and they say, you do, because it's open information. You have to tell me where the eight inches are is for everything. And I'm saying, if you do that at my event, I will be asking you to leave. Is zone control open information? Like what yeah. your zone of control is? Is that open information? Well, according, according I mean, I might, I might be talking, maybe I'm talking about ours, but like if, if, but people are saying, people are getting upset about this because if you have a hidden deploy crockman mine layer, hidden deployment model is obviously not open information. Mm -hmm. But the zone of control of that crockman when you place the mine is. And because it says you must measure eight inches from the model, or zone control from the model to the mine. If I'm perhaps watching you, Nick, as you place the croc, as you place the croc man's mine, you will then, according to this, have to measure the inches. Therefore, revealing you've got to measure the zone of control of a model that's not on the table. Where, yeah. So therefore, I will know where the croc man is if I'm watching it. Yeah, that's a bit funny. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> if I'm not there to watch it, then I'm not going to ask you to tell me where it is afterwards. And I'm just saying there's people in the internet who are saying, no, no, 
you have to tell me because it's, it's open information because that zone of control is open information. You have to tell me where their zone of control. And I'm, and I'm just like, I think that's honky and don't do it. Please don't do it because that just feels gamey. Does but that make if, sense? If that's what the rules say. Then, well, we, we, mm, well we've already ignored this FEQ. So let's just ignore this one too. Okay. Like, there's a whole bunch of rules that we probably choose to ignore, Nick, if we were smart enough to actually look at the rules properly. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we, we play the game in the realms of what we play the game, and there's probably things that we might not be doing technically correct, such as what you explained before there, which was... Uh, what did you say before? Some other change? Um, it's how you've always played the game. I forgot what you said. I can't remember. I can't remember either now. Don't ask me what I said. Yeah, 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 ago. yeah, yeah, no yeah. I can't remember what I said, but <laughs> but but that, that's that's just what the point I'm trying to say to make is play the play the goddamn game, and just because it's in there, it's it's basically like when people say it's open information, right? This is this is a prime example. Open information. Technically, you should tell your opponent every piece of open, of open information, but that's not possible. No one's ever done that, right? You know, sometimes you'll do it after the fact, after, like, even I had a game against Julian on Sunday where I said, I'm going to shoot this Zayd and HMG at your Beast Hunter. And he said, I'm going to shoot back. And then I was like, okay, right, I'm uh, four dice on 12s because I got marksmanship. And then he goes, oh, shit, actually, I would have dodged if I'd known you got marksmanship. I'm like, oh, you can dodge, obviously. Sorry, I didn't tell you that because it, it's open information. I'm telling you now, like, some people will say, oh, no, you have to tell them that. You know, like, Sure, you have to tell them that, but it doesn't have to be kind of you don't ha don't take that upon yourself to tell them at every single opportunity. There are times where you will forget, and you will be forgiven later on. Like it's not a big deal. Sure, I but guess. but yeah, I think I think the biggest issue with this thing comes on in that Crocman example where you've got a hidden employment model, and you're then being forced to measure a hidden deployment model's zone of control. Yeah, well, that's, that's you are, strange. Well, the thing is, though, right? I and mean, that's the thing. You are like, that's the thing I'm saying is I've always done that. I just don't do it in front of my fucking opponent. Mm. Right? There's no need to do it in front of your opponent. It's just the problem is, I feel like that, then people will take that ruling as being that you then have to tell them that because it's open information. And I'm saying, if you don't, like, I'm not going to tell you that. And if you ask me, I'm probably gonna not want to play with you anymore. Yeah, I, I see what I see, definitely see where you're coming from, um, but we also have to consider that this is an official document saying which we just which we played. just which we just talked about <laughs> when, I know, they <laughs> when they correct when they make a mistake. So we're back to this rules is written, rules is intended thing. Like, and then it just comes back to what is in the spirit of the game make your own decisions in your own area. And I've already said for BCB, the mine layer thing will not apply. Um, you can measure it, but don't expect your opponent to tell you where all your mines are. But just, cool. tr but just trust them that they've measured it eight inches. And if you find one that maybe is a bit dubious, just correct it and carry on playing. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's, that's the simplest way of doing it, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Because it does, doesn't, doesn't, no one gets hurt from it. No one gets an advantage from it. No one gets this advantage from it. It's just information. That's it. I can see you're not agreeing with me, but that's sure. 
I'm just torn because I don't like going. I don't like doing other other than what the official documents tell me to. So when, well, they're, but they're not. Change, they're, they're not. They're not telling you to do anything. They're telling you that you must measure it. But they don't tell you in what way. You can measure it with your. You know, it doesn't tell you anything other than you must measure it. That's it. Okay. Well, then that's then, it. Then, then measure it. Yeah, measure it. Just cool. you know. Measure it when your opponent's back's turned. More and then when, when, when your opponent asks you, did you measure that? Just say, say yeah. yes. Yeah. That's it. Done. Move on. Because if, okay. if you're going to get into a trust, if you're going to get into problems of trust with your opponent, then we've got a problem with the game. You know, then there's a problem with the way we've that We've got bigger play. issues. We've got bigger yeah, issues. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh God! Sorry, I that think, took, I that think, took I me think longer. We can move on. I think we can move I think, on. I think I want to. I just, I sent, I sent. I'm not happy with what that that just came out as, but I'm really like passionate about it when people like when people's when people's only argument is it's well it's in the rules. Well, I'm like, well, fucking change them because they suck. Okay. Um, is there anything else we wanted to talk about before we can talk about some uh, some BCB missions? No, I think we should uh, we should probably have a quick break and then uh, jump straight into the BCB missions. Sure. All right. Okay. We'll be right back, listeners. And we're back, listeners, uh, for the second half of the show to discuss the BCB Burn City Brawl mission lineup, which is, as a quick reminder, is highly classified, data cache, firefight, supremacy, and capture and protect. So, um, Nick, what I want to start off with here is just kind of give, well, get get your opinion, get your thoughts on the on those five missions and how you might, I don't know, build a list or choose an army for this lineup. Yeah, sure. So, um, it's an interesting lineup, right? I I think this is the first time I've ever seen highly classified as first billing mm. on a on an event. Right, usually like so, like back in back in season ten, it was like a rule that highly classified was the final round always. <laughs> right, um, I remember, I distinctly remember that when I first started playing Infinity, it was always highly classified, and it was always the final mission. I have no idea why people always loved picking highly classified as the final one, but to see it as mission number one really shakes things up a little bit, I think, mm. because. Highly classified is one of those missions that you um, want to run a specific list for. Um, and the way that the mission lineup kind of runs, there is you got highly classified, which has got um, loads of uh, classified objectives. You've got firefight, which now has three classifieds in it as well. So I'd, I'd even like that mission completely straddles the line between specialist versus um killing type mm. mission um but the overall five pretty much i mean everything has a requirement for specialists if you want to be a, if you want to be achieving points um you got you need to you need specialists in every single one of those missions um except capture and protect actually yeah so, just just for the classified you need capture and you need it for that's it right um, yeah. You don't need to be a specialist to pick up the box in capture and protect. No. Um, so it's the least reliant on specialists of all of them. Um, whereas supremacy, you've got to push buttons. Um, data cache has a whole bunch of different things that you want to do. Um, firefight, you've got three classifieds. Um, and highly classified is all about the classifieds there as well. Mm -hmm. So um, you, it, what we're going to, what I mean, the way I'm building my lists is that I'm 
the the two i guess most opposed missions are highly classified and capture and protect round one and round five those are the two missions that are most different from each other and then all, all the other missions probably in my opinion kind of lean more while well, they're not like super button pushing heavy they do lean towards that um that requirement so um the way i'm i still haven't 100 percent decided which lists i'm going to do for which mission i do know that i'm going to be probably using the same list for highly classified that i do for um firefight at least mm. um if that's the same mission for if sorry if that's the same list for any of the others it's it's, in, yeah. sure. it's it's interesting one. it's interesting that you say that uh because when we were building the the five mission lineup we what i like we we kind of as a committee decided highly classified is going in there uh because fuck you i guess but we we thought we'll make it mission one because mission one is it always feel it feels like mission one is like the kind of least um i mean even though you know you're counted up all over all five missions so to win you need to win all five missions but it's also sometimes somewhat of the lowest stake mission as in like the first mission is kind of you know if you lose it fucking whatever it's fine um so we, we kind of wanted that to be the first mission um, and also it meant that because you're up against a random opponent unless you've grudged it's less reliant on who you're facing. Like you're not necessarily going to be facing a top player playing out of the classified. You might be. You might be more likely facing a new player. So that was kind of the idea mm. behind that. Um, and I like how you've uh, combined highly classified and firefight because I did the same thing when we did Road to BCB. Because I looked at them and gone, well, highly classified need specialists. Firefight, I don't want specialists, but I want thing people that can do things. It's like I want to be able to do classifieds, not necessarily specialists. Um, sure. Yeah, which is and they're not they're not the same thing. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Specialists are specialists and classified objective people are not not necessarily the same the same thing. Uh, so that's good that you picked up on that because I um I've noticed that as well. So it, which makes for interesting list building because you don't necessarily want a highly killy force for highly classified, but you might need a highly killy force for a firefight. Uh, yeah. The the other thing that throws a bit of a spanner in the works as well with data cache being in there data cache has an exclusion zone it's the mm. only mission in the lineup that has an exclusion zone which means you you want to take that in, into consideration as well because you don't necessarily want to be leaning too heavily into ad and um not so much a not so much ad but more infiltration it does it it really takes away from infiltration um Forward deployment doesn't really get impacted by the exclusion zone because they don't go far enough to to touch it. But infiltrators do do have a negative impact from from the exclusion zone. Yeah, well, the, 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 on that point, so firefight has a sixteen inch sixteen inch deployment zone. So if you have forward deployment plus eight, you are effectively an infiltrator. Mm. Um, if you're playing, if you're building a firefight list, you're looking at AD and you're looking at uh, because everyone gets plus three to to land and everyone gets to walk on like Van Zant. But if you play that same list into data cache, you're like, fuck, I can't leave, I can't go further than four inches out of my deployment zone. And if I want to land, if I want to combat jump, I have to combat jump at my opponent's half of the table in that four inch strip or their DZ or the four inch strip on the site. So it's 
it's really limiting if you're going to take AD in Firefight and then want to play that into Data Cache. You could be you could, you could be screwing yourself because Data Cache you also want to ex dominate the exclusion zone, which is the exclusion, which is the the thing that AD troopers can't land in, or infiltrators. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's so bit, yeah, it's I guess like in if I would if I would grouping grouping them together, I'm putting highly classified and firefight together definitely maybe put supremacy into that bucket as well and then data cache and capture and protect as as the alternative mm, yeah it's fun it's, it's it's a good little um little puzzle because typically people would be like i'll make a list for highly classified and a list for the other four missions but you can't if you do that. Then think, you. I don't think you can do that. You here. can't. You, yeah, exactly. You can't because then you've got then you've got firefight and data cache to consider, and capture and protect. I mean, capture and protect. I guess you could run a firefight list for capture and protect and do pretty well with it. It's data cache. I think is a little bit of a spanner because of that exclusion zone. Because you want you want infiltrating specialists for supremacy, but mm. they won't be much use in data cache. Um, yeah, it's, it feels weird building a highly classified list that also does firefight <laughs> and supremacy. You're like, um, what the f what what's going on? I guess I just take lots of um, things that can do predator and decharges and hope that that's what we get on the flop. Yeah, and I mean, like the 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 I've really I'm I'm, I'm basically running one list that's got slight alterations. Mm. Mm. So the the two lists are very similar to each other. Um, which has, and this list really has been a bit of a crutch for me um, in playing White Banner, which I've been for, um, for for basically a year now. Um, but I am changing things up after Burn City Brawl. I'm changing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. we know you're going to the other the other white meat. <laughs> the other white meat. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do I take? I mean, really, I uh, the way I see it is, I might change one model or two models between the um the two different lists that i'm taking i'm definitely 100 considering or highly considering a um beast hunter mm. um having like when you were talking about them earlier in the in the cast i just brought up the profile because i hadn't had a good look at it and i really really like those profiles particularly there's one for white banner that has um, it's I think it might be like the Eugene exclusive one. It's sixteen points, so it's a little bit more expensive. But he has a uh, explosive close combat weapon with plus one burst. Ooh, um, real good. Which like that profile just like sings to me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, does, does it have the? It still has the pounds of Does it have the flaming spear as well? Or is that it another? It's the same. No, it's yeah. It's got. It's the same as same profile as the one that you mm. said you took, except it's also got an explosive close combat weapon. Yeah. Burst. Uh, I, just a quick aside, the game against Josh, I just remembered a very pivotal moment, is I walked out the uh, Beast Hunter into the open to go after his Rushi because he was playing JC, and he didn't know what that was because it was a new profile, right? Beast Hunter, like, what is it? Like, what, what could that camera marker be? And so he decided to um, discover with Yojimbo, right? Because he was like far away. He was like, "Ah, oh, I could throw smoke, but it's, it might be a Libertos. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just discover." And I go, 
cool, I'm going to reveal and shoot Panzerfest at you. And he's like, ah, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> and I'm like, I think for, for for a little while, I think people might be confusing them with the Bertos or confusing them with something that can't, um, you know, can't reach out past like eight or sixteen inches. Mm. But to have a, you know, to have a hidden, have a a cam marker for fifteen points of the Panzerfaust, uh, is and and a heavy flamethrower is real nice. Yeah, so uh, I'll definitely consider chucking one of those in. Mm. Um, but and like the plus plus eight inch, uh sorry, for deployment plus eight inches means that he's, if a firefight, he's an infiltrator. For data cache, he has no negative. Well, he's plus four. Is it only four inches? Though? Yeah, it's four inches. Oh, okay. Well, still, it's not bad. He's still, um, out, he's still outside the DZ, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then supremacy, it's good because he's 15 points. Maybe even, all. like, like it, it wouldn't necessarily make a bad um Flag runner for mm. capture and protect because he starts a bit further forwards. He's not super fast, but he's got super jump. Yeah, um, still has mimetism, mimetism as well, and some decent like heavy flamethrower and um, really good close decent close combat means that once he does get in that close zone, if nothing else, he'll be good for clearing, um, clearing uh yeah mine close, close range pieces and things like that yeah, yeah no that's a good, good point yeah so um we, we we can um we can move on but i think i think the uh the lineup that you were sort of talking about there that uh, highly classified firefight supremacy for one list it seems to me to make sense um and then firefight and caption protect kind of do sorry uh caption protect and data cache kind of do work kind of it's it's fucking weird. Like I feel like almost data cache may have to be its own its own list. Like you could run one list for the four missions and then another list for data cache, and that might be a way to split it. Yeah, I mean, like bit, sure. depending on your list, I guess. If you're not planning exactly. on using infiltrators, then maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, and infiltrators are one thing, but then the other thing being AD troops because you definitely want to bring AD for firefight because they get so many bonuses in firefight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, to, you, they can only really walk on in that four inch area. But if you do it like late game, it can still be pretty clutch. Sure, so. sure, it, it certainly can, especially if you know if you need to get the civ- the civilian back or. You know, it only takes you one order to then walk into the excuse me to walk into the exclusion zone. So it's it certainly yeah. is useful, especially yeah. if you don't have um, TO. Like if you if you only have AD mm. in your in your roster, then maybe having a, a, a sly little AD trooper to walk on on turn three is not a bad not a bad shout. Yeah. The other thing that um, just looking at the lineup here um, with them all lined up together on the run sheet that we've got in front of us. Um, you've got a really interesting spread of the different ITS 13 rules. So we've got defensive turrets, um, Antarctic territory, uh, the blizzard zones, as well as bike recon oh, spread yeah. across these missions. We do have them. I think we've got them all. I actually, I didn't even realize that until you brought it up. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a, to to embrace what ITS thirteen is, uh, does the job. Yeah, cool. Um, do we want to get? Do we want to then jump into the first mission then and just sure. kind of talk about break it down a bit? Um, uh, yeah, talk about what we might play to it. Yeah, definitely. So highly classified. Everyone, everyone's played highly classified before. I mean, if you've never played it, obviously you've never played it. But it's a, it's a, it's not a new mission. It's been around for quite a while. Um, 
basically how highly classified works is you've got four objectives that are shared between both opponents, both players. So, sorry, Nick, just to quickly, I'm going to have to get you to redo that bit, but um, you're kind of like going really high and then really low. Is that, uh, is that, is that because you're moving I on think, the mic or is that something else? Yeah, I think I was moving around a bit. Sorry about that. That's all right. Just it just uh, it's, it's it happened a couple of times. And I wasn't sure at first if it was just because my mic was doing something funny or if it was you. Sure, but it's definitely you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go again um, from the top. Okay, sure. So mission one, highly classified. Um, highly classified is I guess you'd call it a venerable mission. It's been around for a while um, and it hasn't changed much. An oldie but a goodie. Exactly. Yeah, an oldie but a goodie. Um, basically how highly classified works is you've got four classified objectives that are shared between both players. Uh, and then it's kind of a race to achieve those objectives. Um, the one, the person who's achieved more at the end of the game gets four objective points. If you've achieved the same amount, you get two. And then for each main classified you get, you get one additional point. And then everyone, each player's got their own secondary classified, which is worth two points. So that's one you want to definitely look at trying to achieve as well. But all the points there, there's nothing there for killing at all. It's all to do with, um, with classified objectives. In saying that, killing is still important because um, if – you uh, and, and your enemy cannot push the button if you disable his hand. That's, so. that's right. That's right. So, and as you said before, the extras for this one is the defensive turret and Antarctic territory. So, the defensive turret for people who don't know is like every each player gets a free uh, TR combi that is deployed before anything else is deployed. So you don't you don't deploy it with your force. You technically deploy it as if you're deploying an HVT. That kind of idea. You put it down. And it's a, it's a TR, it's basically a total reaction. It doesn't have an order, but it'll, it will react in arrow with burst 3 and BS 10, I think. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of cool. cool. It's an interesting addition, and particularly for this mission where you can, if potentially you might be able to have this extra TR combi covering your HVT, for example. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you've drawn a lot of HVT missions, that can be um, pretty crucial. So... Yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened to my my game of um, highly classified recently, which was the same thing. We draw we drew three out of the four classifieds that were HVT related. So I just plonked down my TR combi covering the HVT to make my opponent's life difficult. And then the other one is Antarctic Territory, which I haven't played on yet. So what? Is, how does it work? Antarctic Territory. Let me just read it here. Uh, the operation is taking place. On the continent of Helheim, uh, this does not apply movement restrictions to the game. However, all troops possessing terrain total, terrain mountain, or climbing plus, special still, get plus one inch bonus to their first Ooh. move value. So right. for the whole, for on the whole table. Um, that's, that's yes, yeah, so that, that gives you some, some consideration for troopers with, with those skills. Because, yeah, you know, definitely. Getting that extra inch to get towards the, uh, you know, HVT or get towards whatever you need to do for your classified is pretty pretty big so oh, i think sorry. no that's all right no we're, we're both yawning at each other so we should be probably you know, keep going keep going just, just... um yeah so i mean highly classified it's it's always been something where you want to it's it's always been a mission that you want to look at tailoring a list towards yeah you can't um, really generalize a, a list for it that's right. Um, or it is harder to do so. Mm. Um, things that you like, you want to have, you want to have hackers, you want to have sort of like different, the, you can things with like v 
elite or veteran um yeah, decharges doctors charges, doctors engineers, engineers. All, like the whole the whole range yeah uh, because you don't know there's so many classifieds in play you've got four on the table and you've got an extra one in your hand um so how many classifieds are in the deck is it 20 well 20 okay 20. so you've got uh i forgot a, a quarter a quarter of the entire deck is in play right yeah. um which is a lot so what that um what that looks like like i mean like i said before it's so interesting to have this first up because it can be a bit of a brain drain as well of a mission which, which is why, is why I, we want it first yeah, but I mean, I always kind of appreciated it being last because then it meant that you could just, after it's done, you're like, I'm done with it. I can now, put, I've put all my effort and brain capacity into this mission. I don't have to hold anything in reserve because I'm going to go out and have dinner and have a few beers and recharge. Mm. Whereas now you're coming into it first off fresh. Um, sure, you want to put as much of yourself into that mission as you can, but you also want to not burn yourself out first round. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair that's the fair point. Um, I think when I when I play this mission, I like to think about. I mean, when I'm building a list for it, like as you said, I like to try and take at least one of each of the things so that I can have a broad broad raft of of units that can do missions. But you're also really looking for those troop types that can do multiples. So we're talking, um, you know, veterans with D charges or. Uh, uh, you know, veterans who are also really good in close combat, or no, also might have MS, MSV, or... MSV, yeah, or or heavy infantry as well, or medium infantry, right? Um, a great example is, or I like to use in Starcore, Hellcats, right? Because you have a Hellcat who's medium infantry, is a veteran, can be a hacker, has deployable repeaters, like you know, can can help set up other things. Fiddler's a really another really good example because she's an engineer, she's a character, she's got D charges. She can do three, you know. She can do multiple things. Uh, mm -hmm. bet, bet and kiss, uh, actually not bet and kiss. Uh, Zoe and Powell, fantastic option because hacker, engineer, remote, MSV, sensor. Sorry, not MSV, sensor. Um, bunch of different stuff there. Uh, so, like, I like to think about um, having, you know, not just having a doctor, a engineer, a hacker. If you can find a profile that can do multiple things, then it means then they're useful in more than one role. You're not just going, oh, damn, I didn't, I didn't get the doctor classified. I guess this guy's useless. But, you know, if you're playing like a Tuareg hacker, or sorry, Tuareg doctor, you're like, well, this person also has... Actually, they're not even veterans, so that's a bad example. But, you know, all, you know, you get the point. Multi, um, combinations of special skills. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really, really, really helps. Uh, and that's what I think about when I go into a game. But at the same time, you also want to be looking... Your opponent's going to be looking at those targets looking looking at those units as as primary targets um so it's it's kind of it's it's like uh, i'll give an example of i think when i played dan from uh geelong we flipped a an engineer classified or maybe two engineer classifieds and i think about it but he had one engineer on the table that was the machinist Oh no, that's it. Because we had a d charges classified and an engineer classified and i looked at his list and i was like right where's your engineer that machinist. Where's your D charges? That machinist. I'm going first. This Fide is killing that machinist. And mm -hmm. when I did that, that was him shot out with two classifieds immediately. So um, you know, we really gotta think about you know your your spread of specialists uh and making sure that if you lose one, you don't actually end up losing potentially multiple multiple opportunities to do a classified. Yeah. 
just um going on what you were saying before about um you, you sort of alfred to take out his uh his machinist there when if you win your initiative role are you looking to go first or are you looking for deployment um i think it will largely depend on the on what what i'm what i'm um, playing i think if i was uh playing um, Shazvasti, which I probably would be playing if I was running, playing this game, playing this uh, this tournament. I'd probably be looking at going first. Uh, I'm trying to neutralize my opponent's uh, ability to do classifieds, uh, while at the same time doing my own. So a great example is a Speculo, who is a veteran, so can do veteran classifieds that usually require you to be on the other side of the table. So she's mm -hmm. already there, so she can do that. And while she's at it, she can potentially get Predator or, or um, Coup de Gras while also taking out your opponent's um, units. But it does also depend on what, what we get. You know, if we get, um, you know, retro, uh, not retro engineering, if we get like uh, the medic one or the engineer one or the decharges on things, I might be going first to do just get, you know, get the decharge one out of the way. Um, so I think generally I'd like to go first. Um, just to try and get a, a lead up, because I think if you can put pressure on your opponent early by doing a couple of classifieds, then they might redirect and try and do their own classifieds, or you know, it, it just puts pressure on them to do it, which means they might make a mistake, they might lose those pieces in trying to do them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I, we touched on before Antarctic Territory, but to definitely consider that in your list building, because plus one inch, on something that might already be pretty fast, but should make it faster. Yeah. Um, it like, can definitely go a long way to like that. When, that um, when, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying when you, when you might have to, sure, there's H, there's, there's um, a lot of classifiers to do with your enemy HVT, but a lot, there's also objectives that you need to get into your opponent's deployment zone. You need to get into your opponent's side of the table. You need to touch things over their side of the table. Um, things that can achieve those missions, if they can do it a little bit faster and get there a bit, a little bit quicker, a bit more efficiently, then um, that can be all the difference. If it saves you one order, that's an order you can be spending elsewhere to yeah. um, shoot something. Absolutely. Like the Specula is a good example. She has terrain tools. So if she's already in your outside your opponent's DZ, she is that one inch effectively closer to you to getting her her job done mm. uh, so definitely bear that in mind when you're building a list yeah um anything else you want to talk about on no we can move on to data cache data so cache data, data, data cache data data i don't know data um so this this is this, this is a custom mission that was uh made by me based off the code one mission we played it a few times now we played at a recent tournament and we played it a few times just kind of casually and i think by all accounts it seems to be getting well received so i'm looking forward to seeing how 40 players go at it Go at it. I play, I've, I've, yeah, I've played it a couple of times, and I think it's a real fun mission. I do like – we've talked about it before on the cast, but I really like how the scoring is not necessarily um, based on one thing. The, the points are spread around mm. a few different um, aspects of trying to get the data banker, prevent your opponent from threatening the data banker, uh, securing the exclusion zone, as well as pushing a button and a classified. So there's a lot of – smaller scoring points um so you do have to kind of spread yourself out um the first time i played this was against julian and i didn't read the mission so i didn't 
try and get the exclusion zone at all. So I learned from that so that the exclusion zone is worth big points. Um, and you, you definitely want to be trying, you want to be trying to, to hold that. The second time I played it was against Dave, who you played at the um, Geelong tournament. And basically the way that I played it then was to just absolutely go ham and destroyed everything else that he oh, put up wow. on the table to 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 then just dominate not just the exclusion zone but basically the entire um, area of operation hmm. um so will i be doing that again potentially uh i mean because... it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good tactic right in most missions right just kill your opponent um profit yeah does it, it doesn't <laughs> have re- doesn't end in retreat does it uh i think oh i might have missed that out but i think it's supposed to end in retreat uh, I'm looking at the document now. It doesn't say that it does. It doesn't. So, Ooh. Um, I need to figure out if I'm going to add retreat in there. I feel like I should. No, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. What's to make it better I, or I, worse? I, I, I just I don't like retreat in general because it's it's stung me too many times. <laughs> <laughs> going going too hard. When I go too hard, that's right. Well, um, I think the in some ways the the. Uh, origin of this mission is that you are you are basically trapped in a cave thing um, and it's falling apart because there's a volcano that's inside and the volcano is about to erupt and you're trying to activate the distress beacon at the same time grab the data banker and then once it and then when your oh, ship and, when then, you, and then you kind of get like a, a drop ship comes in yeah the drop ship the, comes the in and then you just like get weaked away but you've got to be in the exclusion zone which is like kind of the helipad area i guess if you want to say that for for you to get picked up so oh, i can okay. i kind of almost feel like retreats not an option because where do you go fucking retreat into the lava flow like <laughs> there's, the lava? yeah there's no retreat so you just kind of have to stay there and just like gun just keep gunning until yeah. um Maybe you can hold on to the data banker long enough. I'd be, Maybe, I'd be, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest here, Kev. I had no idea that this mission was set inside a James Bond <laughs> villain uh, lava lava cave. Um, yeah. I, had, I had no idea, but it now makes so much more sense now that you've explained well, it. Well, fun, funny little funny little orig- uh, story about the or- original um, movie. Sorry, not the original movie. The original mission is um, the original mission had 16 inch deployment zone. And an exclusion zone. Yeah, think about so that the, for a second. So the deployment zone goes all the way up to the exclusion zone. Correct. So hmm. that means there's no, you cannot, there's no AD. You can't walk on. You can't, you can't walk on. You, if you're going to drop in, you have to drop into either your DZ or your opponent's DZ. Um, hmm. And I didn't like that because I felt like it was too limiting. It was too. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of like you can't. Basically, infiltrators are useless. And uh, impersonators are useless. You literally, well, you literally have to roll for impersonators if you want them to go across the other time. So <clears throat> that just felt too much. So that's why I made it 12 inch deployment zone, like standard. Although I think a 16 inch deployment zone with exclusion zone would be quite interesting to try, but not in a tournament environment. Um, so, right, yeah. So we've gone through kind of the um, the points, I guess. You, you got to dominate. Exclusion zone, a civivac, the data banker, uh, push the button, accomplish a classifies, and if you can't, uh, and also basically have the data banker secured in a way that she's not threatened, which which means no enemies within eight inches of her at the end of the game. Yeah, um, and like I said, I mean the way that I played this mission in the time that I won this mission, which was to 
just try and like kill everything and go as hard as you possibly can to do that. And then you don't have to worry about threatening if there's nothing there to threaten. Yeah, no, that's that's that's, that's true. Uh, and 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 it's it's funny because the first time I played this mission is um, I I grabbed the HVT on the turn on the first turn and ran her back to my DC and then put her on a on a on a rooftop prone and was just like come and get her. So then my opponent on turn three walked on an AD trooper within eight inches of the day banker and was like threatened yeah done i was like oh fuck should have i shouldn't have had her so close to the edge of my dz like so it's so close to the edge of the table um but yeah he did that and i was like oh that just that that sucked um so it's yeah. almost like you kind of so, want her in the in the in the center somewhere away from yeah, the sides and, and so much of the points uh balance is calculated at the end of the game so that rather than each there's nothing on each game round it's all mm-hmm. at the end of the 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 final round it gets calculated so that does lean towards wanting to um not necessarily wanting the first turn because then uh you want to be able to to have the final action true yeah you want so to be going able to try and go going forward. going second is 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 advantageous in that in that you can do what you what you just said if you had if you were the player kev who had gone second your opponent wouldn't have been able to pull that trick on you yeah that's right and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because um, you want to be able to you want to be able to dominate the center uh, with as much of your stuff as you can. But then if you also are um, with the data banker in the center as well, that's easier potentially easier for your opponent to either a threaten the data banker or b take her off you. So quite often, what what I've seen my opponents do is they'll they'll dominate, but then they'll take a cheap unit and just run back with the data banker into their DZ. Which then, okay. which then puts you in a position of going, well, oh, shit, I've got like, you know, say it's turn two and you're like, okay, do I try do I try to dominate the center or do I spend all these orders trying to get to the data banker? Because they're both worth three points. Um, so it's like, you kind of have to like go, well, mm, what what is more likely to happen? And often I just go for the dominate because sometimes like she's way at the back and because you've got to have it at the end of the game and if you don't go second, there's an every chance that you might lose her. Um, even if you do get her in turn two or turn three, you might lose her at the end of the game. Yeah. With the consoles as well, there's two consoles. If I push one, does that lock my opponent out? Of pushing that one they have to push the other one that's right yeah so it works in a similar way to mind wipe yeah so if you push the one on the left if you if you push a i have to push b um so there's no flipping of consoles i toyed around with the idea of like flipping them but i always find flipping them to be feels bad you know yeah. like you just like hey i flipped it on turn one cool i'll flip it back on turn three you get nothing oh fuck yeah so at least I this see. way you, yeah. at least this way you get two points as long as you push a button you you've got two points locked in that can't be removed from you if you have a classified that's three points, and then the other seven points are the, uh, the basically the data banker and the uh, exclusion zone. Sure. Um, so it, it's important to remember that yeah, they they if you flip one, you cannot touch that one anymore. You have to go for the other one, which I think is a cool little dynamic because you then have to have a plan B. If you go second, if your opponent pushes one, then you go ah oh, well, better make sure I push the other one. Uh, and if that one's heavily defended, then you might be in for a hard time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so some 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 things I wanted to um, also mention about 
the mission itself uh, on top of the one button each is there is no HVT so you remove the HVT classifiers from the deck um, because the HVT is essentially the, the data banker in the middle and then the other one is you cannot civivac if you are a remote or you are impetuous so um, bear that in mind when you're choosing who's going to go, go get her because uh, often remotes are like 6-4 move or 6-6 six, six move but they can't pick her up and also bikers except in this edition and this um, season are also generally impetuous but in a season you can make them non-impetuous which makes for makes makes them very very good um, handlers of the data banker if you choose to make them non-impetuous because they usually have smoke and they're eight eight four or eight six move yeah that's that's definitely a good point to consider um, if you are looking at doing the the quick grab of the of the data banker. Um, yeah, I, th I think in my game against Josh, we we played this this mission, and Carmen spent. She actually spent the first two turns not really doing very much. I can't remember why. I think, I think he had a lane pinned down, um, and she was just kind of sitting in the midfield, just sort of covering corners. And then on turn three, she just went, throw smoke, move eight, grab the girl, run back, done. Um, and that was a you know that was she was able to do that because she was quick and she I didn't make her impetuous before we started the game. So something to bear in mind there as well. Um, what else was there on the mission that's useful? Um, can you think of any, anything else that we should be talking about? No, I mean that that pretty much covers it for um, data hash. Um, in my opinion, it's it's so like so if 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 I could if I could run five separate lists for this tournament, I would kind of thing. Mm. Like you've definitely made it a tricky decision to 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 figure that out. But um, so it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic looks like on the day. I'm glad you think that way because yeah, I even I've gone. Oh God, I've really created a bit of a conundrum for myself <laughs> for players to think about what they're gonna. What they're going to make, uh, what lists they're going to make. But I think it might, might, it might create some quite interesting lists. I think, but we'll, 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 um, we'll jump into firefight. So that's the last mission of day one, and yep. uh, a personal favorite of mine, especially yeah. with the, especially with the changes to this season. And that's the thing, right? Firefight previous seasons was like kill your opponent, take as little number of specialists as possible, because the reason you would do that because you get points for killing specialists um and but if you didn't take any specialists your opponent couldn't get those points mm -hmm. to change that dynamic up by them adding three classified objectives i don't think there's like apart from like highly classified i don't think there's any other missions that have three classifieds that i can think of frontline has four now what yeah i know Frontline has four classifieds. Are you serious? I am very. I'm. I'm pretty sure we went over this during the ITS 13 episode, but uh, yeah, we haven't played Frontline much lately, so probably why. Each player has four classified objectives. Jesus Christ! Mm. All right, that's that's also insane. Um, but still, firefight three, three classifieds is a big number. Um, four. My God, I didn't even know that. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what that means is that you kind of do have to take some specialists otherwise you're not going to be able to get those points for the classifieds mm, and it's three so, points and it's what's important about it as well is because 
like when you do those classifieds, your opponent can't take it away from you. That's three points locked in, like baked in. You've got them. So not preparing for it could be bad for your overall score. Yep. Um, Firefight's one of one of my all time favorite missions as well because of the. Um, I'm a big fan of AD. Mm-hmm. I love drop troops. Um, so the fact that I can bring one and walk him on anywhere is 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 going to be going to be a plus for me. Yeah. So um, it's, I guess just to just to hop, hop on that for a second, just for our listeners who may be like, "What firefight walk on anywhere?" So yeah. So there's a thing called designated landing area, which means troopers with any special skill with the airborne deployment, so any AD, so AD parachutist or AD combat jump. Label ignores the prohibitions of deployment rules against deploying inside the enemy DZ. So in N3, we used to call this um, the School of Van Zant. Now I think we call it the School of Rajat or maybe Duroc. Anyway, <laughs> basically, you can walk on anywhere in Firefight and you have to, absolutely have to remember that when you're playing, when you're setting up for that mission. When you're deploying, if you deploy everything facing forwards, yeah. you are going to have a bad time. Yeah, uh, exactly. Even if you know your opponent only has access to parachute, like, let's just say you're playing, I don't know, well, I was going to say Ariadne, that's a bad example, but, like, you're going to play, like, an army that you know has only got parachutists, like Rama is a good example, right? We've only got parachutists. And then you forget that you have that mission, then you're going to get a uh, Nahab walking on in your in your, in your butt, and that's not where you want an Ahab walking on. Yeah. So bear that I mind. Mean, the, the other part of designated landing area as well is that when you drop, when you do the combat mm. drop itself as well, it's a, you're getting an additional plus three. Yeah, so, which, is, which is actually sometimes more of an overlooked rule than the walking on thing. Mm. People forget that it's plus three because so many people still tend to walk on um, and aren't expecting the, the, the combat jump. Yeah, and, and like with depending, there's certain factions, I know nomads can do it, where if, with that plus three, if you've got an Evo bot for an additional plus three as well, you cannot fail your jump. Yeah, so, hell, so Hellcats, Hellcats, Hellcats are, are Fizz 12, they get a plus three natively, so they're on 15s natively. Uh, with an Evo, it goes up to 18s, and then with the Firefight rule, it goes up to 21s. So yeah, yeah, if you don't have, if your opponent doesn't bring an Evo as well, then Hellcats are auto-landing anywhere on the table they want, which is hilarious. Um, and even even if you do have an EVA bot, it's on an 18, so you're like, cool, uh, that's fine. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry, with the, yeah, it, yeah, it cancels out. So um, it's it's definitely worth taking an EVA bot in this mission. Even if you don't have AD yourself, you probably want to be able to defend against it in some way uh, to, to prevent them from to at least make them less likely to, to land. That's it. The other thing on this mission, um, we've got Blizzard. Blizzards, yes. Blizzards, which is a which is a CD size template that you put down, mm-hmm. uh, which is a uh, a blizzard zone. So um, uh, terrain. difficult to ra- difficult terrain mountain mountain um, and, and a, a saturation zone. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So. Everyone's so favorite. That, yeah, and that can really change the dynamic of the way the table plays that you're on. If it's a really crowded table, which a lot of the Melbourne tables we have can be a bit crowded sometimes, mm-hmm. there, might, there might not be that many places that those templates can go down. Um, so there could be a few lanes that look pretty juicy and then bam, yeah. sudden the saturation zone with difficult terrain in there. Um, so unless you've got terrain total or, or, or something like that, 
to get through it, you, you might be having a, a rough time going, getting through that terrain. And also taking advantage of that fire lane with the saturation zone, that, na- that minus one burst, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. If you're an ARO with a link team, prepare to be burst one. It's uh, could be bad against a burst five or burst four HMG. Um, but it's a good point. You what you what you mentioned that about the um, Melbourne tables because you're right. Because I will sometimes only have two fire lanes, and if both of those are blocked, well, not blocked, but obs- obscured with the yeah. uh, blizzard zones. Then a link team might be like, I might just stay prone. <laughs> like I don't think I wanna I don't think I wanna deal with this. This this could this could hurt. So yeah, it's a good it's a good point. Yeah, but then, I mean then if you do, if you're electing to then stay prone, you're giving your opponent the run of the table. They can then walk their drop troop on anywhere then that they want to with Yeah. So what are the other little... um uh objectives, I guess we we were saying kill Oh sorry, yeah, we didn't we didn't even go through that. Yeah, you wanna um bring it up here yeah to kill more specialists than your adversary gets two points kill more lieutenants than your adversary gets two points kill more army points than your adversary gets two points at the end of the game acquire more weapons or items from the panoplies than your adversary is one point and then you got three points worth of uh classified objectives so there's a lot of killing there um killing specialists killing lieutenants and killing army points in general um you don't know who the lt is Unlike yeah. decapitation, where that's where the, who the lieutenant is at open information. In this, you do not know who the lieutenant is, um, which can make it a bit trickier. Once once you've killed your opponent's lieutenant, they have to tell you. It then becomes open information that because a dead model, the information they possess becomes open once they die. So you do know you've killed your opponent's lieutenant when it happens. Um, I've, been, I've, been, I've actually been told that that's not the case anymore in N four. I've been told oh, really? that, that open information does not have to be given. That when a model dies, their their um, their private information does not become open. Although I have not actually verified this at all. Uh, um, okay. However, however, but, I, I mean, sure, like surely for a mission like this where you're scoring points by killing him, you'd want to. Yeah, I f- take him out. Then you yeah, can- I feel like in our area, if you killed the LT, if they didn't tell you immediately when they, you did it, they'd tell you like at the start of their turn because they'll be like, I don't know, actually, maybe not. Well, I've, because I've, the, it, the, you can still go into Lost Lieutenant, unlike um, you can where you can't yeah. go into Lost Lieutenant. You can still go into Lost Lieutenant and firefight, um, and then the, which means it's also going to be. Um, uh, chain of command will be in play as well, mm. so it's not going to be necessarily obvious that you've killed your opponent's lieutenant. Yeah, good point. I may have to uh, follow up on that to find out how you know if you've killed a lieutenant or not. Because also, uh, as something that we discussed year, like you know, not discussed, but it was uh, uh, I don't know debated a few years ago. Uh, if you put your LT on conscious, um, the LT will obviously move to another model in the following turn. But then if you heal the LT, the XLT back up, that does not count as an LT kill at the end of the game if that model's still alive. Uh, are you sure about that? Uh, I think so. See, I, 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 no, I, I, thought, I think the conclusion was that like you killed the LT and then he's no longer the LT. When he gets brought up, he's no longer the LT, so you've still got one LT kill on the board. 
I thought it was the other way around because because oh, Kel is at the end of the game. All right, okay, so maybe maybe we'll just move on from this and we'll get our listeners to tell to tell us which way he's right. But I thought it was because if you heal them, they they're not actually they're not killed because at the end of the game is what counts as killing. If you put them dead, then it counts. Yeah, troop. Yeah, killing troopers are considered killed by the adversary when they enter the dead state or they are in a null state at the end of the game. Yeah. So if it's not a null state at the end of the game. It's not a kill. Like, is okay, even though so even though they're even though they're not the LT anymore. But I'm pretty sure that's the way I think I'll be ruling it for brute BCB. But I'll if I find more conclusive evidence, then I'll do the, the uh, yeah. whatever way that is. But listen to feedback on that one. Appreciated. Yes. Uh. So, yeah. So it's 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 a fun mission. It is very killy. Um. It's very binary. Like there's no like sometimes you get like kill the same number of lieutenants. It's like literally like, kill more, kill more, kill more, all the things kill it and that gives you mm. what six points and then That's you get right, one, yeah. one point for the panel play and then three points for classified so it's quite a lot of points they're cut you know tied up it's quite quite well split you know it's it's six and four really you know six for killing four for panel play and classified so it's a nice little split like even if you don't even if you get your ass handed to you you get you know your lt's killed you lose more specialists and you are tabled but you've managed to take something from a panoply or more things from the panoply and get your classifieds. That's still four points. Yep. And if you and if you can fight over the specialist thing, that could give you a win or at least a very close loss. So I like um I like how it's scored. Yeah, and it's a fun it's a fun mission, yes. I think. Um and so I'm looking forward to round three. It's a good it's a good end of uh, end of the day for Saturday. It'll give people a bit of bit of juice, you know, maybe to go out and uh, have a little bit of a boogie, bit of party, maybe. <laughs> if we're allowed to. <laughs> oh, no dance, no dancing. That's foot loose. That's. I um, mean, I mean, that's no dancing. We're, we're not. We're not in New South Wales. We're in Victoria. I think we're allowed to dance. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what the rules are. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll 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 be going out for 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 drinks afterwards, so we can all. I'll talk about uh, our firefight stories then, but yeah, that's that'll it. Be a good, good so, end of the day. Um, we've got two more missions to talk about: suppress supremacy and capture, capture and protect. Did you want to plow on and get through the last two? Uh, we're up to two and a half hours at the moment, so we could. We're well, not quite, not almost there. We could run. We could just finish them off. Um. We just like ten minutes on each of them. That's it. All right. Okay. Yeah, you convinced me, Nicholas. Let's do it. All right, guys. I'm, I'm I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for dancing. So, all right. For, da- right. For, for dancing. Yes. For dancing. Uh, yeah. All right. So so that so that's day one, and then day two. You know, we'll all come in a bit bleary eyed. Uh, put you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we've all had a good night. We've all been on the on the whiskeys, perhaps, and uh, we've all crashed at someone's Airbnb, uh, and uh, we we rock up, and on the supremacy in the morning. And we announced, sorry, we, we rock up on round, for round four, which is Supremacy. Uh, so a nice, nice easy mission. It, it is, right? It's, it's a, it's, in Supremacy, I always look at Supremacy as classic Infinity, right? It's, mm. a, it's one of the staples of what Infinity mission packs look like. It's, it's so often play. So I am glad to see something that doesn't necessarily take a whole lot of brain power or i mean i'm not saying it's an easy mission but it wouldn't take 
extra brain power because it's something that most people would have already experienced at some point in how to play this mission, what you need to do. So to see that uh, first up day two is really great because I personally have been quite dusty on day two of almost every two-day event I've ever <laughs> been to. Um, my, my first game, sorry, round four has like, I've had some terrible hangovers um, round four some of the time and barely, barely made it through. Yeah, right. Um, so um, to see this one uh, round four, very pleased with that. Um, for scoring wise, um, it's scored at the end of each game round, uh, mm. which, which is great. Um, means that you, you really want to be acting early if you want to get all those points. Um, you've got to really push for it. So at the end of each game round, you want to dominate more quadrants than your adversary for two objective points. Um, and then you also, at the end of each at the end of the game, have a hacked console for one point each to a maximum of three. So there's four consoles on the table. You can only hack a maximum of three of them. Yeah, and they're in, uh, and they're in the middle of each quadrant. If you can, if yeah. you can picture that in your in your head. Yeah, and then uh, you've also got one classified objective. And if the classified objective is like the globe symbol, it's worth an extra point. But you can't go above ten total. Yeah. Um. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10. Okay, sure. So you get six points throughout the game for dominating, dominating more quadrants. That's worth six. Um, three from console, from pushing buttons, and yeah. one, potentially two from your classified. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's four consoles, but you're going to get three points for it. I guess that's, that's fine. Um, what's interesting about the, the way the buttons get... get, um, get um, how the buttons work is they are sh they can be shared, so you can push the button and I can push the button. We both get a point. Oh, great! Yeah, they don't get flipped. They don't flip. They don't flip. So once you push a button, uh, it's it's yours. It's it's you know I can't take it away from you, but I can also get that get that point too. Um, so it says here, player uh, hack console can be hacked again by the other player. Applying the same procedure in this case, both players will count that console as hacked. Great. Yeah, so nice and nice and friendly. We're not we're not fighting over consoles. We're just both hacking just, the same console. That's right. Just plugging our USB yeah. sticks into the ports, and that's it. Yeah, injecting the virus, uh, and also on on that virus thing theme, um, hackers get a bonus in this mission of plus three and an extra dice to push the button. Which you might think, oh, that seems a bit seems a bit much. I mean, I've got a whip fourteen hacker. He should be able to push the button. Nope, that doesn't always work. I've had six dice rolls that have failed in a row. Because I don't, I don't, because I'm just rolling a whip fourteen hacker. Yeah, and um, like that plus that plus three is big, but even bigger is the plus one burst, in my opinion. Yeah, getting getting that extra die on that roll, mm. that's that's a game changer. Yeah, uh, because you don't you're not beholden to the fate of a single die. Yeah, having that the two dice on seventeens is much better than one dice on a fourteen. Big time, massive. Um, so I don't know. Is there much to talk about in this one? Defensive turret again. Yeah, um, another defensive turret. So that'll be interesting where you put that, whether you put it covering a console, whether you put it covering, I don't know, the, the push into your DZ, because Supremacy likes to go second, right? So because uh, it scores at the end of the round. So you want to have that second go to go second in order to see where your opponent is and go, all right, well, I need to dominate this zone and this zone. I'll move here. So maybe having a, a turret on a flank or something like that might um, make your opponent's life a little bit harder to maybe, you know, go for the alpha if they decide to do that. So that's, that's something to bear in mind. 
Yeah, but I mean, apart from that, nothing too, nothing too special. No, um, no. Shaz Vasti and Baggage as well. Just bear that in mind, people. Uh, especially if you're playing a combined army player or a Shaz Vasti player, yeah. double you, double you tap wanna, those mofos. You want to kill them dead. Yeah, absolutely uh, dead. If if they are just unconscious, then they will still count towards the scoring. Yeah, which, and that, that happened um, uh, on the weekend against David. He, um, I was able to move Carmen into position to sent or Batard into censor his camel marker. It turned out to be a sherded. Then I came around the corner with Tariq. I think I killed, uh, shot the sherded with Tariq, and then was about to walk away with my next order, and then thought, nope, hang on. I'll just send in Batard there just to coup de gras the, the shrouded just to make sure that he doesn't have 25 points, 27 points in a zone that I'm about to leave. Yeah, so, so if, you, if you're facing Shaz Vasti or uh, even Vanilla Combined, because they can take a whole bunch of Shaz as well, mm -hmm. don't forget your shock ammunition. Don't forget to double yes. tap. Don't forget to double tap. And then as well, your... Um, your Ikadrons, your baggage bots are worth an extra 20 points in this scenario. Um, however, they're not worth the 20 points for your VP. At the end of the game, you know, for your armor it's points. Just, it's, just for the, it's just for figuring out who's dominating. Who's dominating. That's correct, yeah. And uh, also bear in mind, a Magri Regard counts as, as has baggage. So that makes her 106 Yikes. points <laughs> in the zone if she's alive, uh, which, is, which is pretty fun. Uh, but other than that, it's a pretty um, so yeah, it's a pretty straightforward mission. It's 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 fun. Um, it's good to go second, uh, I think, in general. Um, but if you've got an alpha strike list, it's also fine, you know, to go first and just prevent your opponent from actually leaving their DZ is a is a quite a good way of going about it. If you can't um, go second, um, yeah. So yeah, cool. that's a, that's about it for supremacy. And the final mission, round five, capture and protect. Now, what do you um, what do you think of this being a final mission, Nick? Like the amount of times I played capture and protect, and it has been super low scoring mm. or a draw because your opponent has just castled up so hard. It's scored like the the grabbing the the beacon is scored at the end of each game round. So if you want to score high, you really got to get it early, mm. um, which makes which is tricky to do. Um, based on like where it's where it's located right um so yeah it's it's for me it's one of these missions where if you if you are if we had this mission first it could be really easy for uh, an experienced player just to raffle stomp a new player and get those 10 points um okay i see what you mean yep. whereas if it's a if it's a round five you're gonna have a top table who are gonna be two top players yeah it's gonna be harder for them to smash out a 10-0 victory because of the nature of who they're playing against yeah they, they might just go in for a draw uh it, it'll it'll make the uh the sort of last standings potentially very tight right so what you're saying what you're saying is kev you don't we don't i don't want to be at top table i want to i want to submarine my mm, way that's right yeah somewhere towards the high middle areas around five and then get some person who this is the fifth game of infinity ever played because of the fifth round of the tournament and then just absolutely destroy them for that victory right? yeah just because it's like shut up to the top and yep. uh, yeah it's it, it's a difficult mission to to get lots of points and i i really struggle uh, with it unless you can get like the the upper hand on turn one and basically get the gap get the beacon and hold on to it which yeah, so yeah 
just to sort of describe the mission like we have with the other ones, capture and protect is effectively infinity capture the flag, right? Um, each at the center along the front edge of each deployment zone, there is a beacon and you want to try and grab the beacon while preventing your opponent from grabbing your beacon. So at the end of each game round, to have the enemy beacon captured is worth two objective points. At the end of the game, have the enemy beacon captured in your own deployment zone. So if mm. got to have gotten it back to your deployment zone by the end of the game is an extra two points. At the end of the game, have your beacon not captured by the enemy is one objective point. And then you've got one classified objective. And if it is a um, cog symbol, it's worth an extra point. If you have uh, to up to a maximum of 10. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like we said before, the fact that the beacon is like six points worth of that is holding the beacon at the end of the yeah, game round. So ridiculous. Which is which is which is so hard to do. Yeah. Um turn one, grab it. Like oh, the fuck well, do you do like you it's if you're going first, it's almost impossible. Unless your unless your opponent's a, a, a you know, doesn't know how to play the game. Doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> has put um, their stuff around, like outside of eight inches of the beacon. everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So, so for all the new players, we Kev, you got to share this on the um on the on the event page. All the new players to listen to this episode of this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. They have they have to know this. Yeah. Otherwise, like stop. It's just gonna be a bad stop time. what you're doing. Listen to this episode before you go any further. <laughs> Number five will amaze you. I don't know. Like, so, yeah. Some click me. Um, but like, if you're going first, not only do you have to pick it up, but you then have to, the person who's holding it, not die before the end of the game round. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So going second in this mission, this is a definitely a mission where I would consider, um, choosing to go second so de- mm. if i had to deploying first and going second yeah that's a good point because because some of your deployment will be kind of telegraphed because it'll be around the beacon or it'll be in line of fire of the beacon uh you know if you've got hackers and repeaters or war bands they're all going to be defending around the beacon they're going to be covering yep. corners with temple weapons and whatnot so it's kind of already so if you have to deploy first and go second it's like you it's know, not the end of the world. Like you know what you like, you know where I'm going. Yeah. It's right here. Um, yeah. it's not really not really losing too much. But like, what 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 tricks do you have up your sleeve to get the can't? Like, what tricks do you have to get me, the beacon? Me, pers- me personally, mm. yeah, personally. Like, what 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 have you done um, in the past? Well, not one that I haven't done, but that I had it um, last time I played this mission. I had a chat with my opponent afterwards about like this exact question, what would you do to get it? And it's like, you just have two, um, you've got one big group, which you use to take out the mines, take out the standing ARO pieces, you take out the, um, the, the speed bumps. And then in your second group, you've got a flash pulse bot, which is, you've got two flash pulse bots. Flash pulse bots are six, six move. So you use the entire second group after you've cleared the area to move, 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 pick it up. And mm-hmm. if you're going second, right? For this yeah. to work, you have to be going second because then at the start of your opponent's turn, that flashball spot then dies. Yeah. But you've got a second one as a backup. So in your next turn, you do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, six, I've heard six, this six, six, well. six, six, pick it up. Mm. Yeah. Um, but to do that, like going first in this mission is so hard. 
because of because of the way that it, the uh, that it scored each game round. Yeah. So impossibly hard. I've been able um, to win going first on one occasion. And it was against I think Val, and I was running Chaz Vasti, and I had a Sphinx, and I had a Speculo, and he was playing I think Mo before they were updated. Or maybe after, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, and what I did was he he had he had no MSV two, so it's obviously his fault. So I just went speculo, drop smoke, Sphinx, go, grab beacon, but, but, run back. I mean, done. With the, the way smoke works now with MSV one, that's not that's true. Not as an effect, that's not nearly as effective. No, as it it's was. not. It's not. It's, it's. I'm not saying this is gonna. This is necessarily going to work, but. It's a, it's a way in which you can get it, but it's then it's holding on to it because you end up spending your entire first or turn just getting the beacon, and you might only be halfway back, not even halfway back to your DZ, and then it's your opponent's turn, and they're just like, okay, thank you, I'll just shoot that expensive piece that you used to pick up the, the beacon with, and now I'm winning because <laughs> I've just killed your... Yeah, it's, it's, it is hard. Um, like, I, th- I really think the, the hardest of all... Like going even going second, it's still not an easy mission to score highly in. Um, but I think the two points that I am that are the, that are the cherry on top that I am at, that I'm absolutely ignoring unless the the circumstances one really strongly go my way is the second point of at the end of the game have the enemy beacon inside your own deployment zone. Yeah, I don't see that as a ch- really achievable much at all. Um, so unless, really, unless unless there's certain unless in certain circumstances where you've re- like you've really pulled the number out to be able to 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 grab that beacon and bring it back. Um, so be- so best case scenario for you winning this mission is you have two points for having it. One point for your opponent not having yours, and mm-hmm. one point for having a classified. So you're at four. No, no, I just get six points for having. I get because if you if you pick it up each turn. No, 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 sorry, no, no. Sorry, I mean, I mean, realistically, best best case scenario. I, I don't mean actual best case scenario. Like realistically, what's happening is you're getting it on turn three, and you're no, no, no I'm getting it earlier, but the thing oh, okay. that gets it then dies. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's like best case scenario if you manage to put down all your opponent's arrows. I'm just saying, like realistically, what you're going for in a win for me is probably a four, like a four-one win. If if they've if they've if the castle is too hard for, to be to penetrate, then, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's that's often what the wins look like. Yeah, it's like it's um, like four-one or two-one. Even more often than that is. You get one point for your opponent not having captured your beacon, mm-hmm. and then whoever got their classified objective wins the game. Yeah, <laughs> two one, woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, I, I honestly think capture and protect has has seen more two one victories than any other mission, or even draws than any other mission because it's because it's real tricky. Yeah, it's gonna. Is it gonna separate? The I don't know the big the, the big guns from the little guns are well. Are, are, I mean, here's here's a little here's a little bit of flavor to throw into the mix. Everybody gets the free bike. Oh yeah, free biker. So that's a free that's biker. A, that's some free because that's, that's some free shit that you can just throw up there. Eight six move, I think. Uh, pick it up. If they if they die, they might they might get eight inches back to your own DZ. Yeah, 
That's a bit closer. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe. maybe. Or, or do you take? It depends on which, like which profile you're looking at taking as well. You could just take the submachine gun chain cult, put it in suppressive fire right next to your your beacon. Mm, yeah. So you just use it as a, as a use it as a glorified uh, TR bot. That's not a bad idea. Um, I think I played this mission against Hector last tournament or maybe last casual game. I can't remember what it was, and he he couldn't get to me because he was playing Mo and I had was it two Ikadrons, four Tigers, and three Hackers, all kind of just mushed around the uh, and then and then I think and then I think I also had a mine layer and a decoy camo that was also hiding a boarding shotgun, all just kind of around it. And also, wait a minute, is there also not a blizzard zone in this one too? Mm, let me check. Mm, no. Oh no, this, that was, this was last season. Last season there was a decompression zone. Now, now, now there's a biker. So I had that all mushed around it and every night he tried getting close to it would either get like dodged in, you know, dodged into CC with a tiger or, or oblivioned with a hacker or flamethrowered with a fucking Ikadron. He was like, I don't know, I just gonna pick it up and in the end he'd like he would just like run in, grab it, run three inches back, the night the night would get oblivioned. Then he'd like run in with another knight, pass it off from that night, and then run back, and then that night would get oblivioned until he got out of the edge death zone. And then he was like, Okay, now I've run out of orders. <laughs> like that was it. like then he was just kind of halfway there. Uh but it was about first as well. He, I went first, so he was going second. He was going second. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If he's going second, he could have just once he's picked it up. That's... You don't have to spend more. I know. Orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was after the game. He was like, "Why the fuck did I do that? I could have just picked it up and stood still." Yeah. Um. Yeah. He just didn't. Well, didn't think about the fact that it needed to be. Um. It was at the end of the round, I guess, not the game. Um. So yeah. So that's definitely a good point. All you have to do is pick it up and stop. And if you're a knight who's like armor five or armor four and two wounds, you might be able to to, to tank the shots. That's right. You could you could weather the storm um, mm-hmm. potentially uh, more so than something like a flash And that's and that's a good and that's a good point. If you do if your only arrows are um, hacking attacks or flash pulses, which is some like some people might do, uh, then yeah, then go for it. Like what's the worst? That's, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to get oblivioned, and then you just stand mm. there and be like, "Cool, well, I've got two points. I die, yeah. but I have two points." Yeah. Mm. As I mean, it depends on how much hacking you're facing on the way through. Um, True. I played. I played. I played um, against uh, Kirby, but when I last played this, and he had um, EM mines and uh, Peters and other kinds of like uh anti-personnel mines as well as uh, he had like every different kind of thing you could possibly put in this midfield to to approaching mm. his beacon um so and i just wasn't prepared for it yeah right uh, so it's something that that's what you consider your your opponent is going to castle hard um and if you want to prevent them from getting your beacon you've got to castle hard as well hmm yeah, and I think that's a good point about um, if they do have all these ablative pieces down, then send in the Kuang Shi or the Monk or the the cheap biker or the Libertos is a great example because they are already starting up the board. They can clear mines for you. Um, you know, they can just potentially like dislodge a couple of like niggly pieces to then mm-hmm. let you get the more tanky 
either tag or or I don't know heavy infantry that can potentially weather the actual bullets and yep. bring it back bring it back for you because yeah like you say EM mines obviously that's not gonna not gonna go down well for the tag or the heavy infantry so yeah, yeah. maybe to consider having like tigers or or uh, morlocks or monks or whatever it is that you have in your army that can kind of fit that bill to um, displace all the shit that your opponents put down. Some, something something inexpensive uh, and uh, you can that you're happy to happy to lose and throw throw them into the uh, into the meat grinder. It's the uh, effect. Well, it's not quite. I mean, just thinking about castles. I'm just thinking about Helm's Deep and the berserk and the berserker with the <laughs> bomb. Just like <laughs> bring him down, <laughs> and then and then everything else can rush in after. So that's that's the analogy I've got there in my head now. Yeah, um, cool. Was there anything else on that one you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think that's it. Uh, there's no HVT in this mission either. Uh, same with data cache. Uh, I don't know why, but I guess just I don't know. Probably no, no need just for to it. make it less complicated. That's true. Um, but no, that's it. That's the five missions for Burn City Brawl. So. Hopefully, uh, listeners, that's something for you to think about. Um, uh, maybe we've given you some ideas or lists, construction, or, or how to split them up. I think it is an interesting um, combination of missions. It's not, it's not very straightforward or split down the middle, how you would um, split them. And also, I think, depending on the army you play and also the armies that you might likely be playing at BCB, which I have no idea, considering half the lineup are new players, I have no idea even what they, you know, like what's what's even popular these days? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I keep, I keep, I, you know, I keep hearing like you know Toha or or you know the the army to beat, but I'm yet to play them in in four. So, um, yeah, and when we've got 40, 40 players, and 40. you reckon a third of them? Are I reckon on new. last on last inspection of my spreadsheet, uh, which is gone now. Oh no, here it is. Uh, it was. It was 40 players and yeah i reckon like half of them almost wow. half of them i reckon 40 percent are new players wow so pretty exciting cool so yeah um interstate travels back so uh international travels back anyone of our listeners anywhere in the world <laughs> anyone in the world i'll, I'll we'll, we'll put you up to uh to come down yeah, you, yeah. You, if you want to if you're going to travel interstate or internationally um, hit us up and we'll see what we can help you out with. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we already have, I think we've got four people, five, four or five people coming from New South Wales. Oh, amazing. Uh, one person coming from NT, one or maybe more, maybe two players coming from South Australia. So I reckon we, you know, eight or nine interstate players, which is really, really good. Um, so it'll be a, yeah, it'll be a cool it'll be a cool event. I'm looking forward to seeing all the new faces and Rolling some dice. That's it. Well, I think we, uh, I think we might call it there, Kev. It's been I reckon. A lovely, uh, lovely chat. Hi, as always. Um, uh, I'm going to do some editing now, and maybe before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tired. Ah, oh, why do we always take so long? I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that, listeners. <laughs> so much, so much talking at, at the front end, and then we always end up having to compress the back end. He was so confident before we started with when it was when Julian messaged us earlier and said that he wasn't able to make uh, it. Sorry, we were like, yeah. oh great, it'll be a nice, nice, snappy episode, real quick. I channeled um, him. I channeled him for the mind layer bit. I should have just, just not bothered. I should have just kept my fucking mouth shut. But I'm like, no, wait, I've got a platform. 
I've got. A, I'm. I'm Joe Rogan. I've got. A, I'm not Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm. <laughs> I, they can't cancel me. I'll say what I want. Fuck the. Um, the mind layer zone of control. Just fuck the people. Or who something. Say that you, I still I, don't I'm, understand what you're upset about, but that's okay. We're just gonna not. I'm upset about, about people telling me what to do, and I'm just <laughs> like, I'll do what I want. And if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna have a go. Just, I'm not going to play with you anymore, essentially, is what I'm saying, right? Kev's, Kev's, Kev's taking the ball and he's going home. I'm going home. If you're going to tell me what to do, uh, then I'm going to say, no, thank you, sir. Um, okay. I'll play another game. No, not that bad, but it's all good. It's all good. Maybe it'll, maybe someone will agree with me. Uh, maybe not, but we'll find. Anyway, all right, guys. You've been listening to Lost of Lieutenant. My name's Kevin. My name's Nick. And you, yeah, I've just said you listen. Uh, yeah, yeah, good night. He said it already. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>